Classic TV movies on. We're here. Welcome to the podcast. I'm Keith Hazel, and this is the show. And I am Adam Crocious. Yeah. <laughs> what do we got here? The movie channel. Absolutely. Movies with the exclamation point. <laughs> that has to be some sort of copyright. Yeah. But here, welcome to the show. This is where, of course, we talk about our life and the world through what is on television. Exactly. Uh, right now, we got a little airplane happening here. TV which, version airplane, which is good because... Aside from the tit, you don't have to really take anything out. Yeah. You can just keep Do they it. even show the shit hitting the fan in this one? Actual feces hitting yeah, a fan? When, when, I, when, I, when I was a kid, when that happened in the movie, that was just like, it blew me away. That, 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 when I think of, like, the funniest, the hardest I laughed at Airplane, before we came on air, Airplane People, is... It's a classic 80s. It, no, it, it is, it, it was a shift in me. It affected me in terms of my understanding of comedy and it blew me away laughter wise it was up there almost with holy grail well and it's i think yeah i think it's up ham until, now, and i think but. up until uh like monty python was the only version of something this absurd at yeah. that time yeah 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 absolutely yeah it was very much <laughs> i mean because this is wall to wall like nothing about it and is this serious. Dude, there's a sale at pennies he's a gay the gay character yeah they have him introduced I, yeah. I guess he's like a, I mean, he's mocked online, but I guess he's a hero amongst a certain strata of gay people. Like, he, he comes to, like, festivals and shit. They're going to the tower. The tower? The tower? Rapunzel! Rapunzel! <laughs> oh. That blew me away. Was well, like, that, and that was, that was back when the idea of someone being gay was just like, oh, my God. Yeah, exactly. And it was hilarious. You know, it was like, oh, my God, this dude's gay. You have June Cleaver here Absolutely. speaking jive. This is hilarious when they're watching a film of, like, crap. <laughs> Of planes crashing. It's hilarious. Also, in light of all the airplane movies, which I saw in the theater. That's how old I I saw Airport 75. Airport 77. Didn't see Airport. It's all mock of that. So it was like, it was very postmodern. You know? Isn't that Robert Stack? The guy from Unsolved Mysteries? Yeah, absolutely. Was he, and so he was like an actor before Unsolved Mysteries. Oh, absolutely. I mean, he had a career back in the 50s and 60s. A pretty substantial one. I was in some westerns, I think. And then there's, that's, Lloyd, that's Jeff Bridges' dad, Lloyd Bridges right there, you know? <laughs> Jeff and Bo Bridges, he, he died in the last like 10 years, I'd say. Yeah. You know, he, he I mean. Bo died, right? No, I think Bo, Bo and Jeff are both alive. I think Bo might have died. No, did Bo Bridges die? I think so. Whoa. Let's see. Well, yeah, it's checked out. Yeah. Because we've been talking about death before this. I was, <laughs> no, he's alive. He's alive. He's okay. 79, though. He's se Yeah. He's old as he's fuck. Old. Yeah, absolutely. That, that, look at that Atari video game. That was like cutting edge video game. <laughs> 
I, mean, I genuinely, when I got on Atari for Christmas in 81, one of the best days of my life. Really? One of the best days of my life. <clears throat> were, now, was that something you, they knew you wanted it or were you like begging all year? Well, no, you know, I actually didn't, in my, you know, what I recall of my youth, and I'd probably be told something different if my if my mom was still alive. Uh, I didn't really ask for many things because I was just like, I didn't expect much. So I was always really pleasantly surprised when they gave me a lot of gifts. I, I didn't really, I, I don't recall ever like making a list. I think they knew I liked playing video games and they like, they got me, my dad bought me an Atari. That was a pretty good gift. You don't ever remember making a list or checking it twice? I, I think I probably did when I was young, young, like seven, eight years old, but like even by 10 or 11, it had sort of changed. Did your family make the classic like, oh, we're going to put coal in your stocking? No, they didn't do that. They didn't do that. Do you know? a little bit of coal in your well, stock. What was good about it is it was a two-tier one. I would get like, the, we do a Christmas Eve one where you got like smaller toys, like in a stocking. Yeah, you had that. And then and then you then you followed up with the big gifts the next day. It was like a little teaser. <laughs> yeah. You well, because like I was saying before, we had the divorced Christmas. So I had yeah. to like, I was with my mom on Christmas Eve and we would get, and I feel like she would, if there was something big that was associated with uh like my dad I, like when i got a bike my dad got the butt like i got the bike at christmas because yeah. they had it was just easily to ride it like they had a, a street in the suburbs i lived in an apartment yeah yeah like i remember when i brought that bike back home with me i had to keep it on the balcony and like take Ooh, it off yeah. the balcony whenever i wanted to ride it yeah yeah, exactly. But I feel like they did designate. Like, I remember one time I got a PlayStation 2 and my mom gave me the games and she was just like, act surprised. Oh, okay. <laughs> you're, okay. Getting, you're getting the system tomorrow. Uh, uh, how old were you? When was that? Oh, two? Let me see when the oh, PS2 shit. So, came so, so out. You, you were like 15? Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, you, yeah. Th- th- that, that's an appropriate age. That's a good age to get a video game. Yeah. If he if was at 11, I would have had judgments. <laughs> to get a video game system? You know, why? I, I, I got one at 12. Why? What's different from 11 and 12? <laughs> I, I guess I'm, you know. So PS2 came out in the year 2000. In the year 2000. So I was, I was 13. Yeah. I just. But I got a PlayStation 1. Like I remember in 1990, when I was 10, I got a PlayStation. Oh, yeah. Okay. Okay. Like that was a big deal for Yeah. Me. Yeah, absolutely. Well, it's like the Atari of my time. Yeah, yeah but I we guess. also had a Nintendo. Like I remember playing regular Nintendo. I played video games my whole life. Yeah. You see, I wasn't, I was the first generation to get exposed to video games. So you were like a grown up by the, almost like a teenager by the time they really popped Oh, oh, oh the, the good ones? I was in my 20s. You yeah. know, I mean, I was in my, I mean, so it was like, it wasn't so part you of were my like, life. this is ridiculous. Well, no, I then. didn't look down on it. I remember playing like some, when I, I played Vice City when it first, that's, that's amazing. Vice City to me is the best game ever. It, it, it's an amazing game. And I remember being like, I like this. You know, it's it was great. fun. You it's know? so fucking good. And I was 33 or 34, but you know, isn't Bill Clinton a big gamer? I think there's a lot of famous that people who are gamers, great. you know? Let's look that up. Yeah, I think Cl- I think Clinton is a gamer. Play, I like playing Quake. I mean, the whole, like, drug thing, him, like, doing sniffing glue. Getting high off glue was something people did. In the, that was a real, like, low high <clears throat> in the 70s, man. The greatest video game president, Bill Clinton. <laughs> That's what it says? He's, but I don't know if... I think that's just because Clinton's been in video games. Probably has, yeah. Bill Clinton has, uh, presidents have been appearing in video games since the, at least bad dudes. Uh, <laughs> Reagan was in Dragon Ninja back in 1988. Wow. Um, George Bush was in fucking like low grade computer games. <laughs> 
What's this here? Putting in the president's voice, tossing that one in there. Everyone's heard this one, right? Okay. Clinton was an NBA jam, I guess. I believe that. I th- but I think he also play. He likes playing video games. He likes playing them. Play Tetris. <laughs> you know, <laughs> Tetris was Tetris my blows. game when I was 22. I, hate it. I was all that and Galaga were always my go-to games. I always liked Galaga's the one where the ship doesn't move, but things come at you, right? Yeah, exactly. And then you can get two ships, a double yeah. ship. That's a good classic old video game. I get those still overwhelm me when like <clears throat> it gets fast. When stuff's coming at you and oh yeah, that I gets mean, very <sighs> Yeah, it was a very fast-paced game. For its time, it was like, whoa, this is a cutting-edge game. Battles. I was so into video games from like 80. I feel like, like that's 83. That's when you know you're going to be a stressed out little kid when you're just like, yeah, I can't handle Galaga, man. It's just too much coming at me. <laughs> oh, at no, I love I, I love it to this day. I play Galaga to this day, to this day. And you know something across this great land of ours, Keith? I have many a high score. I have that's fun. Many a high score. That's a good brand. I, breaking a hundred thousand was nothing. I I'd get up into two, three hundred thousand sometimes. You know, I was a pretty I good never player. knew what was good because <clears throat> I remember at the bowling alley they had games like that, and yeah. I was decent at them. <laughs> but I never remembered like I would get into the ten thousands and being like, "Is this good? Is ten thousand good?" <laughs> I never knew. Oh no, man! You got to compare it to the top ten. You put your initials in there. Uh, here's the some of the games I played in the early 80s. Okay, well, Pac-Man was the first. I remember Space Invaders, but I found it too dull. And Asteroids, never mastered Asteroids. Asteroids, very complex to me. Very complex to me. Well, Pac- Asteroids, there's like math to it, right? It's analytical. Yeah, the, the pieces break up into small. Yeah. There's like three different size rocks that come at you in random patterns. It's linear graphics, like Battle Zone, you know? There was Asteroids Deluxe, which was in The Thing. If you ever see the movie The Thing. They I love The Thing. They have an Asteroids Deluxe machine. I didn't know The Thing has been made like 17 times. Oh, interesting. Like it was made in the 50s. Let's even look. Well, the original, I think, was in the 50s. Because they're making it again. But they're God. but they're naming it what the book is called because the book is a series of short stories or something. Yeah, this is they're flying into Chicago here. <laughs> they're flying into O'Hare. This is where they they fly from L.A. to, to Chicago. Is it so? Is it actually O'Hare? Is it like the word flying no, into Chicago? No, no, no. They say we're flying, and then the, one of the funny scenes is that Chicago keeping disco alive, and the plane flies by and knocks the tower off. I remember like the, the white, you know, racist crowd was like, "Fuck yeah!" In the Fuck theater. yeah, man! You know that that was in the preview. All those press guys going there, and then this spawned like so many bad knockoffs. Top Secret, <clears throat> Top Secret was a knockoff of this, you know. But a little more refined. But if you look at it, it's so dated. This is dated, but it's still kind of funny. Okay, yeah. So the novella is called Who Goes There? And then let's see how many times it's been made for the thing. Wow. So two slightly different versions of the novella exist. It appeared in Astounding in 12 chapter versions, which a lot of like sci-fi books, that's how they... Got shown to the world. They parsed it out. In and that, like, in that, it was yeah. like in sci-fi magazines. They would have like articles. Yeah. Like 12 articles. That's how a lot of Lovecraft shit and a lot of Philip K. Dick did his stuff. Like he was one of the last people that did like the articles. Wow. Um, yeah. And then. It's fucking over. That whole world is gone. Blogging and your social media. So is plowed 1951, the thing from another world is a loose adaptation of the original story. Uh, James Arnis is the thing. Oh, yeah. And Kenneth Toby as an Air Force officer. <laughs> and then 82, the thing. 
Yeah, because yeah, because well, because Carpenter was a huge fan of the original yeah. thing. And then there, there's a scene in Halloween, and they said he sticks more closely to what the actual story is. Oh, oh, oh Carpenter does. Yeah, interesting. Uh, Carpenter remade the film due to the Thing from Another World being one of his favorite movies, which was the 1951. Yep, exactly. Because they, they do a cameo <clears> in Halloween. Uh, the the 1951 adaptation is an Easter egg in Carpenter's Halloween. They're probably watching it on TV. Oh, exactly. One of the yeah, that's what I just said. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Carpenter was a fucking big director. Like he was in the late seventies, early eighties. He was sort of a. He was the, <laughs> like the powers of light were Steven Spielberg. The powers of dark were John Carpenter. You know. <laughs> yeah. In January 2020, Universal and Bloomhouse announced a new film based on the new expanded version of the book called Frozen Hell. Because they, they read it in 09. I saw the 09 yeah, the version. Yeah, the one. one it's, yeah. It was so bad. I saw it and I was like, this is not a good the, movie. Well, they probably do the thing where they try and make the thing more like they give it a body and stuff like that. It's Well, they, they, the effects of it were like, I don't know. It just didn't work. You know, and they try to tie it into, it's a prequel to the 82 movie. So, like, remember when the... It's like the, a different team of people. That, yeah, it's the Norwegians. It's yeah. the Norwegians, you know, when they come in the beginning. Flinderblanda <laughs> is the ching. If I didn't get D's in Norwegian in college, I would be able to ramble off it's a sentence a ting, right now. But I, I never learned anything because the language is impossible. We saw the ting up there. So, in, in 82, you know, because it, it starts off the movie with the, the Norwegians coming in at the beginning of the movie. Well, they go through the that story of how, uh, how they actually discover the thing when they take it out of the ice. Remember in, in the 82 version, and they see the video version of it and, the, and, the, and there's a block that's been taken out and that's where the thing was, you know? Like, it, Yeah. Well, they actually go through that backstory, how that happens, which sounds kind of cool and kind of interesting, but the only thing that was satisfying about it was, remember the first thing that actually melts and starts attacking people in, in the 82 version when it's underneath yeah. that, that? And it, ta- it takes a couple, when it first kind of, well, and, and it looks like <clears throat> one head that's spreading apart. Well, it's actually two people that get kind of merged into a thing and and they they show that it's actually kind wow. of cool i thought i thought it was actually kind of a because cool i know in the short story the whole it's not a good movie because i know in the short story the whole idea of the thing is until the end you don't even see it like the whole idea is the thing it's like a blob it has to absorb somebody yes, else yes exactly so the reveal of it is literally at the yeah. very end as opposed to doing it yeah, during the course of the movie and or i think carpenter you know? added the blood test where they yeah. get where they get the blood hot and it yeah, and they pay homage to that. That's they, they the Norwegians figured that out also, you know. But another wrinkle they put in there was like they said like, oh, when the thing would replicate itself, like your fillings, it couldn't replicate your fillings and metal pieces in your body. So they would find like pieces of metal yeah, on the floor. Yeah, you know? and that in the book, yeah, they that's how the first round of tests is they look at your teeth and shit like that. Yeah, yeah, to, to, to try to kind of deduce if you're a thing or not, you know. So, I mean, the idea is a cool idea. You know, it, it definitely is. In, in terms of just like, I think losing your individuality is a real fear that some people have. You're going to yeah. sort of get, you know, morphed into sort of the group or something, you know? Like, I think it's such an interesting idea. But the God, the, the 2011 version was just not good. Put on some Bewitched here. You know? Ooh, we colored go. Bewitched. Ooh, this, this is, is like getting towards the end. Uh, this is the last year of it, I bet. So, oh, season seven. Yeah. Yeah. This Samantha's is a, guilty conscience about using magic creates magic problems. Elizabeth Montgomery died tragically, right? I, th- I think she had breast cancer. No, it is strictly a medical problem. Is that the sister? I think that's so. one of the family members that she plays. This is where Paul Paul Lynn got. Oh, his, he was. <laughs> you have old Aunt Clara. <laughs> you know why won't anyone marry me? 
What's uh, was this an uh, emergency? Bewitched. That that was such a kind of a, a, a like a light feminist sort of thing going on there, you know. Dude, look at this seventies fucking gym. Oh yeah, absolutely. What is this? Man. The cen- bicentennial? Look at that. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. No, the, the, although I. You sit here and watch this all day? Come on, we haven't been at the gym for that long. Let's go. Come on. Let's go. Hey, we got our tube socks on. Oh, those, those <laughs> shoes. If you wore shoes like that now, you would break your arc within two times. Running. Oh, you'd get, you, they, know? you would get plantar fasciitis the second you slipped it on Absolute. your foot. Absolutely. When I was a kid, it wasn't a problem because I was 11 and I could do that. But if you had that now, you have to have good good, good equipment now. Oh, yeah. 100%. Dude, what? This is amazing. What is this? I'm in. This is emergency. Oh, yeah. I remember watching emergency. Yeah, this probably, I'm guessing the year, this is like probably 76, 77 for emergency. 1976 is one well, of Well, yeah, the, it's 76. I got the centennial thing on yeah, the wall. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's the first time they're that I started to get And they're proud of America. Because of, because of the bicentennial, I remember starting getting an awareness of things that were going on around me in a different way in 1976. That's like the gym teacher from Greece, that classic yeah. <laughs> fucking sweatshirt gym teacher. <laughs> He's wearing a Kango. See, when I was a kid, the gym teachers wore the wicking pants, the fucking the swoosh pants. Oh. The breakaways. That was big gym teacher. Yeah, wear. yeah. You you wore a gray, gray sweatshirt and, 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 uh, and pants. What's up know? with the fish hat? Yeah, but yeah, you know, he's just is a, that the guy from Greece? No, it's it's not Sid Caesar. <laughs> Was Look that at, Sid is Caesar? Is that a high school class? Look at that guy in the far right. He's a thirty-eight-year-old longshoreman. I think it's the because what is emergency about? It, it, it's about a an emergency you know team like firemen, like an EMS it's a fireman. Well, fireman look at team. the you get those mustaches. That's a dead yeah. giveaway. Here we go. We're like the white fucking globetrotters. Playing basketball. The white shadow makes a cameo. (laughs) I love the white shadow. I've never, I couldn't, because I like blue chips and I was never able to stomach an episode of the white shadow. Oh, it was so good. When I was a kid, uh, when Jackson gets shot in the white shadow, big deal to me. Big deal when Jackson, when Jackson, because it was right before the city championship game, when Cooley uh, was it Cooley High? No, no, Cooley was it was Chicago. What was the name of the fucking high school? Coolidge was their best player. I okay. like Coolidge a lot. Yeah, but Jackson was a guard. He actually had a Division One potential. He was getting recruited by West Coast schools, I think. And then like, you, you, Gwyneth Paltrow's father produced the White Shadow. <laughs> I think it was Bruce. I love how you were getting into it like it was real life. Like, oh, he was a blue chip. He was going to get recruited by this guy. Well, exactly. Well, that's part of the backstory (laughs) that you have to find believable. You know, the dude's a fake ass Nick Nolte. That's really all you need to know. Look at these dudes, man. Oh, yeah. That guy was the lead. They got the black shirt. He was like, uh oh, uh oh. He's on the smack. You see that they do like emergency like saving. This, this is, is that's a lot of skin for the day too. This oh, was probably like oh, oh we're showing gymnasts. Uh, listen, man, showing some gymnasts. Shit was open in the seventies, man. It got open. You know, people were open with the uh, the body. It got a little bit more free in the seventies. You know, it was all in response to the fifties. The sixties really became the sixties in the seventies. That's when it became like the entire country became like the sixties. <laughs> I think that's kind of how it plays out. Well, it starts like in universities and maybe some big cities, and then it'll spread out. How people know? look at the next generation really is kind of a reflection of what. Oh, of what your, of your previous before. time, absolutely. Because I feel like you, you, you can go. even you might even be able to say I feel like everyone kind of got the vibe that the '80s was going to be rough. Of just like how the '70s was starting to play out with like didn't isn't that where the in military industrial complex started? No, and shit? Well, I think it probably started from, when, that's from even, when we came out of the caves. That's even a line in, perfected. That's even you know? a line in Dazed and Confused when she's like, "The '80s are gonna suck." 
Yeah, well, it, it, you know, it's interesting. she goes about how, like, every other decade sucks. Yeah, and the 70s were a good... You yeah. see, for my generation, you, we romanticized the 70s because it seemed like this time of freedom. It was pre-AIDS, as I've said before. And, and it was like openness oh, and drug use, you know, but it was like... But the 80s, you know, the thing about the 70s is that the economy truly was bad in certain ways, although they blew that way out of proportion, I think. Yeah. Although some big cities, like New York City almost went bankrupt, for Christ's sake. New York City. Do you know how much money goes through that city? It's trillions of dollars a day. Well, and I mean, to, city, to put know? it in, to, to give context, there is still AIDS. It's just you can play in the NBA now with it. <laughs> they can deal with it better yeah. now, you know? I mean, it's it's just not the same fear that it was when it, it was such an 80s ailment. It, it really was like, a, it affected, at least my mind, and I don't think I was alone, you know? I think it was a, definitely a bit, and, and the sexual dimension of it too was very like, you know, you can't cheat anymore. You can't you stick know? it in anymore, You know, guys. like in the 70s, you could just, you know, have sex everywhere or something and hey there was no real problem you know although yeah. that, that probably was kind of not really the truth either but well, for the people i know who are in their 20s and their 70s it was pretty loose pretty fucking loose <laughs> loosey it's a goosey. loose time you know and so but but that's all been slowly kind loose of loose with the hairy beeve and shit yeah and hairy armpits you know yeah a little bit of stubble on them legs you had to you know, deal with yeah, i'm sure you know that you know that that was that was the look you know of that time you know <laughs> that was the aesthetic if you will but then I'm Reagan got it. in, and, and then Reagan got in. But I want to hear, Keith, I know we're kind of bouncing around here a little bit, watching a little bit of emergency. You were saying you're watching a few uh, documentaries I've, this It's week. been all murder and cults for me exactly, this week. Exactly, which is interesting. Which It's and, interesting going into the holidays, putting yourself <laughs> in that mindset. Uh, <laughs> the anti-Christmas of watching. The first about- thing I watched is this Yorkshire Ripper documentary, which oh. was like a 70s Jack the Ripper guy. And in fact... In England? Yes, in yeah. in East in just the Yorkshire area, and the, but what I like about East it, London, no, it's north. Oh, it's, it's kind of no, north it's central. Oh, oh, interesting. Near okay. Manchester. Okay, yeah. Wow. Um, and the way, but I like what they get into is so at first, this late they find this like young woman and. They look into her, like back- her body, you mean, for, yeah. for her corpse. Yeah. And they look into her background and they find out that like, oh, she used to party a little bit. So they just kind of say she's a prostitute. <laughs> yeah. And then it becomes like, oh, this guy's a prostitute killer because he does kill a couple prostitutes. Yeah. Yep. And then, but they get into this cool thing about how back in the day in England, every little town had its own police force. Yep. And like at some point they started merging police forces yep. and then like the Leeds police would start doing Bradford, but then it, they did like out in England now, they don't have entire counties have police forces. It would be like if the LA County Sheriff's department was yeah. the police force yeah. in LA and everybody. Yeah. So around this time in Bradford and Leeds yeah. and uh, the man, like all the fucking policemen got moved around. So they were like, you know, the Bradford police knew they grew up in Bradford. They knew the prostitutes. They knew all the criminals. Oh yeah. But then they started moving everything around and that kind of sets the stage for how they fuck up looking for this. Fucking oh, oh so, yeah, so this guy's able to slip through the cracks because of those. Cha- yeah. Yeah. Eight years he murders people. And here's here's what what shows more incompetence. So they kind of immediately throw like, oh, this guy kills prostitutes. So then women start coming forth of like, well, this guy mugged me. And they'll be like, well, are you a prostitute? And they'll be like, no. And they'll be like, oh, well, you don't know what you're talking about then. And then some guys. So they were missing key pieces of information. Oh, willfully ignoring key pieces. It's just because 
cops get a certain like this is who we're looking for yeah so then this killer quote unquote the killer starts writing letters to the cops saying like but like being detailed enough about it to where they're like oh this is the killer that whole weird vanity part of it and then he sends Look at uh, that lighting. Oh, way. yeah. I think John Holmes comes out here and starts having sex with someone. Oh, wanko, but, wanko, <laughs> but no, but, but I'm listening, though. Yeah. And yeah, then yeah. he sends team. a tape uh-huh. of, like, his voice. So they get, like, the fucking dialect experts to be like, tell us where this... Because English, England is not... It's oh. kind of like the United States. You can pick out where someone's from. Absolutely, so I man. send out a murder tape being like, yeah, I killed these two whores. <laughs> They're not going to say, oh, he's from Florida. Yeah. No, he's actually from a 57th and Archer. So That's they fucking... So they... <laughs> figure out they were like well this is a Geordie accent he's from Sunderland or yep. Newcastle and they even pick out the neighborhood of where he's from yep. so once so they Scotland figure y- this did out Scotland Yard have to get involved Scotland Yard is uh, like, that's like the FBI no, of, of no it, what, the, the Yard brain. did not get involved okay, okay. Um, so then once they the figure States. this out they were like, well, he's got a Geordie accent so then any tip they got where they where the guy didn't have a Geordie accent fucking they were like ah the guy who ended up doing it they interviewed nine times during the investigation and one of the cops even went to the chief and was like you know there's holes in his story he looks just like the picture that we have of him and they were like well does he have a Jordy accent and the guy was like no they were fixated and he was like no and he was just like well forget about it then and wow. then afterwards, when they catch the guy, it ends up being this dude named Peter William Sutcliffe, this random dude from Bradford. Yeah. Because uh, all a couple women say, like, the guy who attacked me had a Bradford accent. Okay. And they're just like, well, nope, this guy's a Geordie. Wow. And, oh, because then you find out that the guy who sent the letters and the tapes was a hoax. <sighs> and then after they, but the cops would never relent. Ugh. They never would admit that it was a hoax. And then when they finally caught the guy, everyone who investigated like resigned and got fired because wow. it was such a humiliation. And what was the time period in this specific? 75 to 82. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And he killed, he killed 11 people and <sighs> seven people he attacked and didn't die. And it was those seven girls that I, how him. they, how they found out like, well, they eventually found him cause he was pulled over with a whore that he was about to kill. Ugh. And he had the wrong license plate. So they stopped him for that. And then they fucking arrested. They took him to for that. And as they were walking him through, someone noticed the picture on the wall and Uh. looked at him. It was total chance. But when they caught him, the police reacted like, ah, fuck. (laughs) It's okay. This is our backstage people. It just part of it fell down. Yeah. Getting excited. The people reacted like, uh, like what? Uh, the cops reacted like, oh, police work did this. Like they, like they were patting themselves on the back and it was total chance. (laughs) And they found out that retroactively, they found out that they were just putting the image of prostitutes on these girls. Like even the one, he kills this one girl and the police and the police chief with his stupid accent goes, it looked like she was living a fairly straightforward life up uh, until the last 10 days of her death. Oh, uh, yeah. And it looks like she got... Like, they're basically saying, like, she got into prostitution 10 days before. They were just, like, yeah. forcing the prostitute. And this yeah. one uh, Narrative lady... Out there, this yeah. one lady who was working for a newspaper, they were like, they wanted this guy to be Jack the Ripper. Yeah. So, like, once one or two prostitutes died, they needed this to be the prostitute killer. Yeah. Yeah. It's, you know. It, and then they get into feminism because they started putting a curfew on women 
And like this was when punk was around. In oh, England absolutely, and shit. man. Yeah, absolutely. So you had protests of like, <clears throat> and yeah. she was even saying of like, why do the women have to be in? This is a guy that's killing people. <laughs> like, why is it up to the women to? And that even takes a long yeah, theme of like the men under wraps. And that wraps, even, exactly. but that even takes a long theme of You're right victims. The one like the victims of stuff are the ones that have to watch out. Oh, yeah. Like, if you live in a dangerous neighborhood, you got to watch your back. Yeah. It's not on us to keep the neighborhood safe. Yeah, exactly. You need to watch yourself. Well, it's the narrative of all things they put up for everything. It's your individual choice. You are responsible for your own economic well-being. Larger forces are not at play here at all. It's all your own individual. It, it, it just ties into that same kind of yeah. narrative that is uh, is full of shit, just to let you know, that I uh, have strong issue it's with. poop. So. But yeah, yeah, it uh, and that's interesting though. Yeah, they, they botched it was it up. so good. You know, yeah. I also think too, if you ever watch like um, again, a lot of serial killers in this. Ted Bundy was big in the seventies, obviously. Zodiac started the seventies out. You know, there's a lot of different serial killers. They, they didn't like the police didn't cooperate that well. You talk about local police departments. There are eighteen thousand individual police departments in this country. You know, well, and it's here's like, what so I was the communication her. back then was terrible. Here's what it's I was telling now, her, but it's not perfect. Say what you will. The cops out here are awful. They murder people at will. But it it seems to me yeah. that as far as investigation as investigation wise, DNA, fingerprints, having yeah. our criminals in databases. Yeah. We're the best at it. Yeah. <laughs> These fucking British cops were crawling in fields, combing the fucking <laughs> ground for clues, completely contaminating evidence. Yeah. They didn't have fingerprint databases. Yeah. The DNA was fucking garbage oh, by yeah, the time. Yeah. They were almost even refusing to do DNA. Yeah, of course. It, it wasn't mastered. Yeah. Yet. I mean, it wasn't mastered when OJ did it. But you know? she made a point of saying, like, the reason our forensics is so good is because we have no privacy laws in this country. <laughs> like, you can just take someone's hair and piss and blood yeah if you say it's for a murder i have to give you hair or whatever the fuck <laughs> in england they probably don't have to do that shit yeah, yeah. but also in england they go eight years without catching now they, yeah. that happens out here too of course but of course. crow these cops had no clue yeah now cops out here I'm sure they usually have a general idea who did stuff and it's, yeah. it's like uh, actually proving it is yeah. what's holding you back. Absolutely. These dudes had zero <laughs> fucking idea. Like it was literally like they it. stumbled into it. Essentially. They were this yeah. one dude was pulling the fucking wool over an entire county police yeah. department. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. Like they were buffoons. And then I watched this fucking thing about uh, this, that fucking, who is that little uh, Madeline M McCann, that little girl that got abducted in like fucking Portugal. Oh, yeah. Those cops were morons too. Yeah. Maybe she hide in bush. Yeah. <laughs> like there's no, they're buffoons. Yeah. Cops in other countries are fucking buffoons. <laughs> English cops with their little dickhead hats. <laughs> Yeah, I think, well, the one thing, too, is in this country, we'll put a lot of money towards corrections. Yeah. We won't put things towards actually maybe preventing this stuff from happening, but we'll react to it really well, you know, because there's no correlation between conditions or society or your environment or your education system or your healthcare system, anything like that, and future results, creating a, a an underclass of where, you know, uh, things like that can happen. Also, the rich murderer, too. I think, I mean, yeah. people are going to murder. That's going to happen. You're not oh, going to yeah. get rid of it. You're not going to get, but I think you can curb it better and manage it better that's all my argument is i know you're not gonna i'm, I'm not a naive idealist you know it's and like, then i watched this thing called murder on middle beach which was about this place in connecticut 
which is called Madison. But I kept thinking Wisconsin. I actually got really excited when it started because I was like, oh, Madison, Wisconsin, bro. (laughs) But it was Madison, Connecticut. This fucking lady gets murdered. (sighs) Fucking throat gashed open, bludgeoned in her front yard. And they still don't know who did it but through so this this kid was 18 years old when was this it happened. also on yorkshire this is on hbo max this is a different documentary okay what's this one called what's this one called murder on middle beach okay thank you okay thank you yeah so it's this 18 year old kid yeah and he uh he goes to film school and his first documentary is about his mom he's like it's on a, but he, oh, he eventually sells it to hbo max it. yeah 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 dude it's wild so he because he didn't know his mom he was all it's a classic northeast life the dad was a fucking shell company fucking corp asshole yeah who had like six different fucking p- passports yeah yeah let left the mom high and dry divorced her <laughs> wouldn't pay her alimony like God. the kids uh both kids were on heroin and shit oh yeah and then the yeah. mom was a part of this thing called gifting tables which is a straight up pyramid scheme where these women would go to different houses and like so it would be like if alicia had two girlfriends and she was like hey i'm having a party it's like a self-help thing like it's a it's a a all girl self-help yeah but you have to you have to gift five thousand dollars to come and they have certain language that makes it legal like it's not an investment it's a gift yeah and you don't recruit you invite yeah. And like you're not you're not getting payoffs, you're getting get you're receiving. <laughs> that sounds like the cult that I kind of touched for 5 months. They describe themselves as an educational institution, you know. So, so the certain- mom who fucking gets killed was a part of these gifting tables okay. and you find out that she was like high up in it. Like they were defrauding people for millions of fucking oh, dollars man well, so then you're trying to figure out was it the dad who did it yeah yeah who's pissed was off. it these was it one of these fucking gifting table motherfuckers yeah yeah whose um, money was gonna be and insane. then crazy people in his family think the sister did it a bunch of people think the aunt who thinks the sister did it did it did so it. the whole documentary is just about like this dude making a documentary essentially like who the fuck was my mom because I was yeah. strung out on pills when she died. But through all that, he unravels all this nonsense of like the police department in fucking Madison, Connecticut, I guess, is a mess. Yeah. And they built this fucking uh, this uh, lab to go through all the fucking fingerprints and shit. Yeah. And they told the family like, well, wait till we build this lab because it's going to be the best lab in Connecticut. And then it ends up being a garbage lab that loses its accreditation. They fuck up the fucking forensics of all the case, like of the mom's case. When did the mom get killed? 2010. Oh, okay. So it was relatively oh, recent. Yeah, 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 exactly. It's new. And, and did, do they, does no. he, does he able to, to this f- day, they don't know who did it. <clears throat> Um, Oof, man, that's rough. But where I'm at now is the Madison Police Department won't give this kid any evidence. Like they keep telling him it's a cold case, but whenever he tries to get like Freedom yeah. of Information Act request, they're like, yeah. "Well, no, we actually interviewed someone about this last week." Yeah, yeah. And then so now they're trying to get information because this dude th- he's got his own investigation team, and he thinks like, "Well, if I let my people look at it, we can probably like figure he, some things well, out." Well, and he said yeah. basically said he goes, "I've accepted that we will probably." Probably never find out who killed my mom. I think that she just told her that. He goes, but <laughs> <So>, yeah, <laughs> he we're go- never gonna find. No, no, but and he goes, saying, but yeah. if we yeah. actually get the evidence ourselves, we can probably figure it out. Or you're gonna be able to pluck a few people off who aren't. You know, you're well, because like, check this out, and this yeah. is where tampering gets in. First of all, every time he meets the cops, he secretly records them. Okay, and then yeah. he doesn't tell them until the FOIA hearing with yep. the cops. Yep. Then 
he fucking hacks into his he gets his mom's password to her facebook account and starts reading her private messages and finds out all kinds of shit about potential people that could have done it and he she finds he finds divorce papers that the mom sent to the divorce attorney about how like my husband's being investigated by interpol and i want to make a will just in case anything happens to me oh man but the cops won't hear any of it because they're being like well we got our own leads and then but what the cops do find out like sneakily tell him is he's having a meeting with them and he keeps trying to like basically flaunt like i got my own investigation team and we're finding out all this shit yeah like could it be can you check the cell phones yeah. and the cops are all annoyed because they're fucking trying to well, nudge into their well, investigation yeah, their turf their turf is, but is the being cops affected. let yeah. slip because they were like well there's geofencing could you possibly scan some of the cell phones and you could figure out a fence a geofence area and the cops go well the our number one suspect actually had his actually had their cell phone off for 24 hours before they did this so that immediately eliminates the crazy aunt and the sister yeah yeah but like so this dude is basically doing his own investigation yeah. through this documentary yeah 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 it sounds interesting but it's more like police department fucking being incompetent yeah, shit. Yeah, well, I, I, that dovetails well into, uh, I finished watching the second season of The Wire yeah. on Thursday, two nights ago. You got through it and I, you oh, liked I, it. I, I ripped through, I bet you I watched, for me, this is binge watching. I probably watched eight episodes in four days. That's that's binge watching for me. I, I can't sit down and spend an entire day doing that. I just can't do it. I have to do things. Uh, but but I was I liked it a lot actually. I thought that the because again it's the war on drugs. But then it shows like the longshoreman corrupt union angle of it of how they get in like the wholesale like the large amount of it. I mean I can tell he's gonna. I mean he goes into painstaking detail and he shows the the turf side of things coming up and how petty shit can happen between people that plays itself out you know and like and weird that, that, that Ziggy character is a total wild card and, and what I like about the, the end of the first episode and the second episode is they're always about one or two steps away from yeah. really crack, cracking the big case yeah. but they're always they're always getting wrong footed and something comes up that they can't quite handle so they have a bust and it makes an impact but it's not the big one that they're really trying to go after like really putting the big elaborate case because there are forces working then, against them you is know? this what happens to the dude in that uh, I forget what his name is, but it's Avon's cousin, the one who goes to jail. D'Angelo. D'Angelo. He got fucking off. They hang him on the door, right? Yeah, well, well, they fucking kill him. They, well, well, it's because Stringer Bell fucking well, they kills kill him, him, and then they put him on the door. Yeah, to make it look like it's it a, su- a suicide. I remember that was the first time I saw the belt on the door suicide, and I was just like, "What the fuck are they doing? Like, yeah, who would buy that? Even when like Robin Williams did it, I was like, "Oh, that works." Yeah, I know. Yeah, how does that? Yeah, exactly. I think if you have to go from a B you got to be a couple feet off the ground well right? no doing it on the door i think just means you have to have more will to die because you have to be able to sit there because you're like a couple you do it to where you tie the belt and you sit down to where your ass is hanging Ugh. off the ground a little bit oh, which God. means when you're hanging yourself from the rafters th- once you kick that chair out you're done it's over yeah. unless you have the arm strength to pull yourself up yeah the slack and hold it until somewhere you can like <sighs> quickly yeah. take it off yeah the doorknob thing you have to voluntarily sit there until you're dead <sighs> yeah you, yeah you want to do it yeah yeah it's actually more serious wow Wow, we're not serious, but it's more Because that's every, when I heard he did it, I, like every time I've heard that way, I'm just like, who would actually just sit there? Yeah. Like I've always heard people say that like when they jump off shit, they immediately, like I always thought the suicide thing was 
you like immediately regret it. Yeah. Like yeah. most people who have survived it said like, oh yeah, the second I, that I pulled the trigger, I was like, oh no. Yeah. Yeah. And then yeah. the bullet goes a different way. Yeah, exactly. And and they I end survive. up fine. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Or like people who jump off bridges, they say the second my feet left the bridge, I was, I immediately regretted my decision. Yeah. So I always just thought like, yeah, but well, but yeah, that's, that's why you fucking tie the brick to it. Cause the second you kick that chair out, you're going to regret your decision. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. You, you want your neck to snap immediately. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. But you're really committed to when you're sitting down. You actually want it to happen. Yeah. I yeah, know it, it was that scene. Cause, and I thought you'd need someone to like, is that enough? Is your body weight enough pressure to yeah. just not like, I figured you need someone there like holding you down. Yeah, it, it is. To me, I was like, Jesus, to, to, to off yourself the way. And then when that scene ends, the guy who kills him just melts into the prison. Like, hey, what's up? He just like, yep. immediately starts talking. Well, that's it's, probably his job. He's yeah, well, like exactly. The, he's a hitman. He's the killing D'Angelo you know? Barksdale guy. Well, yeah, well, yeah well, it is. Uh, and that's Stringer Bell killing him. And then it makes it seem like a oh, suicide. Oh, he does it behind. Yeah. Yeah, but behind. And that's another seed that they plant. Yes. Like, oh, now he's got this secret. Yeah. Ex- and, and, and I can tell that. I'm like, that's going to get resolved here in one of the one of the seasons coming up. And what I like back. is that's where they kind of start establishing character where you start seeing that uh, Stringer's a little more business minded. Oh, and kind yeah, of absolutely. wants to start being like, hey, let's look legitimate because then the cops won't be on us so much. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that, that's his fundamental tension. In fact, that happened in the last episode because he has to go talk to uh because they bring that guy from New York down to basically get rid of a couple of East Side guys. Oh, the dealing. fucking get me my hoppers. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, he's Brother Muzon. Yeah, he's like a black yeah. Muslim. And, and Omar, because then they, but, but, but Barksdale, not Barksdale, but, um, but Bell puts, you know, gives a like, misinformation to, to, uh, to Omar saying, oh, yeah, he's the guy who tortured your boy, you know, because uh, he, whatever. And so he's going to, he's going to torture him in return. Yeah. But then they have a hard tart after he shoots him in the side with the nine millimeter. But then they, they, they get rid of his, uh, he clubs the, uh, the, the, the bouncer guy, his protector, you know, his bodyguard. Uh, before they go in because he's he's incorporated those two women from the hood and they have like a little thieving group going on it's he it's fucking great it's a great it, show it is the details You're, the season three is even better yeah i almost feel like we should put on the first episode after we record this yeah because it, it's well yeah i i want to watch it i mean I, I i was thinking about maybe watching i want to watch either hill street blues tonight on on tv or watch that it's dude I, I thought about hill street blues because i i went to i was walking to uh get a weed pod yeah and i went to hill street yeah, hill absolutely. street and spring street yep and the second i got to it i went hill street blues will be right back <laughs> well that was it was an anonymous city you didn't know what city it was which was yeah. part of the kind of was it artistic... based on the chicago police well department? you see chicago claims it. i think chicago is probably the most similar to it because back in the day that was like chicago was pretty violent right oh yes i mean it is it's now violent, but it's like now, but, it but was... now it's just south and west side back in the day the entire city, city yeah was like it was pretty fucked up because that's like you know? the thing in adventures and babysitting yeah like, going to the city it's insane that they're oh they're in chicago at night yeah absolutely absolutely because you were afraid to go into the city you yeah know? it was a really suburban fear you know but yeah they hill street blues but they film a lot of it in la obviously you can see oh, a yeah. lot of scenes in 100 percent. but when you look at the opening credits that's all filmed like an old wicker park and crap you know when the dun 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 and, and the car pulls out and they're driving down western avenue they're driving down western avenue you can also see that famous building from wicker park at the at the intersection of milwaukee uh gotta put north it back to emergency damon. for this talk <laughs> you're gonna at, at the corner of north milwaukee and damon that famous guy that 15-story building that's yeah yeah the can, little corner wedge building yeah, yeah that's 
that that's an old building from back in the day. You can see that in the background, uh, uh, but it's off of Western Avenue. So it's a kind flat of a iron building. building. Everyone thinks they have the first flat iron building. Yeah, exactly. The real original flat iron building is in New York City. Yeah. Because everyone tries to inch their way into New York not being the first for everything. <laughs> but like, guys, it's the first city. Yeah. They <laughs> did is. everything first. Yeah. <laughs> Every city copied New York. Yeah. Yeah. No doubt about it, man. Well, it's interesting how this city... You know, when I drive around here, you see the post-World War II boom all oh, yeah. over this city. It's such a post-World War II city. It's 50s and 60s and you could tell and they, into the 70s. And they wanted to be all Miami with their fucking pink and yellow houses and shit. Yeah, yeah. It definitely was the desert thing was uh, you know the theme of that. You the know, terracotta fucking style housing and yeah, shit. Yeah, it's got more of a Mediterranean kind of climate, you know, like, like, like a Greek island, you know. But we need some fucking rain. We need some rain bad. So, yeah, but but Hill Street, but, but again, back to the wire. It is, you're talking about death and the, and the cops botching it up. Well, the, the thing was, Ziggy shoots the Greek dude because, oh, yeah. because he's basically just sick of being humiliated. That's all, it, and he regrets it immediately and starts weeping and shit. Uh, oh, and then uh, my one of my favorite offhanded side story things is when the freight falls on that guy's leg and yes. crushes his leg and they call him New Charles. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, because just, he has, part of his nickname was like a part of his leg or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, and then so then he was like, oh, you're New Charles now. Yeah. Oh, man. Because he was like Big Charles or something like that. And now since he's got the one leg. Well, that's how they but make. Dude, when they show that leg, when they lift up that yeah, crate it's just and crushed. Well, it's basically like. It's almost like his leg popped. Yeah. Like the blow where they were just like, yeah, there's no, we might as well just amputate this right now. Yep. And, and that's also the reveal when, when, uh, when, when that's, I kept saying Stopka. <laughs> it's not Stopka, but it's a Kropka. It's, it's the, the Polish Stavros. guy. It's the Polish guy who's the head of the union. Yeah, the one that they have to meet at the fucking uh, and they the fucking, truck stop every time. And they time. slit his fucking throat, which I knew it. I was like, he's going to get fucking killed. There's Doesn't too much coming S- down. Sabotka ends up getting it at the end, right? Yes, exactly. At the end and of that's it. one of my favorite confrontations of when Sabotka's dad finds out how deep he's in it. And Sabat and Frankie's like, you don't understand. Like you, you worked when the fucking docks were thriving. Yeah. And then yeah. he was like, don't you want more than this? And he was like, everything I got, I got honest. Yeah. Yeah. That, uh, I like, I like the whole dichotomy of that old school. Like, yeah, who cares if we have a small house? Yeah. And like, we had nine kids in this small house. Yeah. Like I worked hard for this. Yeah. And you're trying to take all these mob shortcuts just to make what? 50 grand. What? Well, the thing about what, what I found but they make him a compelling character because he gives a shitload of money to that guy who loses his foot because he's very much doing or loses his leg. He's very much trying to like do it for the union's health, I think. And so, so it makes him it's that classic thing where, they, you know, he's he's a bad guy, but he's got redeeming features to him. So you can't totally hate him, you know? Yeah. And he and Ziggy actually do have kind of a decent relationship in their own off weird way. Although Ziggy is such a fuck up. He's oh, but I mean, that's such his a thing. Fuck up. That's his thing. He's got a huge fucking dick, though. Well, exactly. <laughs> yeah, it's like early dick. The character dick stuff. and the actor. <laughs> oh, I even think in Generation Kill, he shows his cock because <laughs> he's a soldier in Generation Kill. <laughs> hey, this is part of my angle. I show oh, my fucking when they fucking he gets long. his duck. He gets the duck. 
and it dies of alcohol. Yeah, because that's he's drinking. so sad. Well, it's also like you're such a fuck up. You spend your money on that. You spend your two thousand bucks on the, the, the Italian leather jacket. I mean, it's just it is the classic type of person. In my sensibilities. It really pisses me off. Got OJ really Simpson like refereeing the game you here. Know, a star get, cameo. <laughs> it might be Mike Warren. The actually, Blues. <laughs> a young, <laughs> a young Keith David. <laughs> look at these guys. These are these look are like those shorts. These guys are like. My age, you know, there we go. Starting up. Look at this court they're playing. This is the court I played on when I was like When 79. were you? So when do you, when did the short sh- basketball shorts? Jordan was the last of the short shorts. Oh, no. Right? Jordan was the first to get him longer. He was That's the first what I'm saying. Longer. He was the last guy to, like, once he got, they were like, he was like, no, none of this fucking what, white boy shit. What he did, no, no, what he did is he used to wear his North Carolina shorts under his bowl shorts, so he needed longer shorts. That's the reason why he did it, because his, his North Carolina shorts, that was like his, his, his mental game. Yeah, his good luck charm, like his thing. That, that, that they probably stunk so bad. And he, uh, so he had to get bigger shorts, and then that started that look. The trend. If you look at it, like they've returned to kind of halfway because I remember in the late '90s it was getting almost to your ankle. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Like where they were like, "This is ridiculous. You guys look like fucking ninjas out there." <laughs> yeah, it was a little bit. That was when I was getting old school. But I remember the jo- when Jordan did it. It was like, yeah. I mean that 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 looked it's pretty, so cool. That, that was a cool fashion statement because yeah. if you look at like the late '80s, wearing like those ones with like those tight bike shorts, that was a look. Like and, and do the right thing. A lot of the guys, like Martin Lawrence's character, does this. He's got the tight bike shorts on, but then he has the Jordan shorts over it. I saw some. I so, saw a black guy out here with a shirt with a boycott Sal shirt. Oh yeah, yeah. They uh, make that. It's merch now. Yeah, absolutely. You know. I've wanted to make my own merch, my own T-shirt. Go for it. I, I wanted to, but I, I want to. I want to have this phrase. The phrase you either got to do that or an OnlyFans. You got to uh, start showing your feet on the internet. Oh, uh, uh, again, Hollywood again, where the weather is warm and the people are not. Would that be a good no. one? Oh yeah. yeah would that be would that be too large to read? Hollywood, no. where the weather is warm and the people are not. That would be all right. Did just you know just that phrase, no picture or anything. Yeah, just that phrase. I'm like a t- I could see that. Could that work? Simple. I mean, it could work. It's just whether people would buy it or not. It's got to be. <laughs> and you can put anything on a shirt. Yeah, it's you can true. make that. You can make that jersey right now. Well, I walked past a place on Vermont Avenue, and they, they, there's a lot of like retro, you know, clothing stores there. Yeah, very much hipster clothing stores have succeeded in in Los Feliz. You know, so. Los Feliz. Do you want it? Well. No, I want to. I want to keep talking. You want to keep wire. talking? <laughs> no, that that second episode, that second season, I was just. I thought it was very well, but the whole idea too. Then he kills that dude, and, and the cops at, at Baltimore Homicide don't put it together with the work they're doing on the docks. So then they're able to totally like get rid of all the uh, the wholesale merchandise of like fifteen million dollars of, of heroin that they put down the drain because they're not communicating yeah. at all. It's just like. And believe me, working in a bureaucracy, that you, you see that man, you think stuff's going to happen that doesn't happen. So my job when I worked at the, if you've worked in the guts of a city, it completely resonates the with guts. me. It resonates with with me hardcore. Dude, it reminds me of a, my work. I mean, not cop work, but just this was like the specialty episode. So this is probably like the basketball tournament episode. Oh yeah, because so far we've seen zero firefighting. <laughs> What's even this dribbling about? It's just like I remember this show. This is like those shows. Like, what's that one with the white cop? Fucking, uh, <laughs> fucking not Hammer, but what the fuck is it? Uh, I mean, this you have to understand. This is why Hill Street Blues was so revolutionary because it looked that emergency is about an emergency team, emergency firemen who go around and solve emergencies around L.A. You know, and so this guy. Yep. Oh, this is so bad. 
that, that, that this guy was being groomed as Pete Holmes. He was the Pete Holmes of his era. <laughs> yeah, it was a mid-season replacement, a short-lived situation comedy. How long was this on? Six seasons. Short-lived. That was short-lived for back in the day. I, I, I'm going to guess the dates. I'm going to guess the dates. Go um, for it. 72 to 78. 77. May 28, 1977, with six additional two-hour television films during the next two years. Yeah, I mean, that, that, I remember Emergency. Absolutely. <laughs> I kind of liked it. It, it. it was dramatic with the, uh, with, with the, you know. What's the one I'm the, trying the, to think the, of? The siren and stuff. Oh, my God. I remember being like, kids used to run to the siren. Look at this church, this weird... Set. Are they like a 70s church or like a 70s uh, community center? I'd say, yeah, it's like a community... Look at how hairy that guy's arms are. It's the Italian of the group. <laughs> so I, I used to go to the communities. I played air hockey. I played foosball. You know, I played old school games like that, you know? I didn't have to have a video thing, just, you know, colors all going at me in explosions, Keith. I mean, we didn't always have that. <laughs> I'm fucking with you. I'm giving you It's shit. not like I, we chose that stuff. That's just what was on. But I was 72 to 77. That's pretty good. That's a pretty good guess. Would you say it's a good guess? What's the one show I'm trying to think of? I still have a mind. <laughs> I have a protein strand in my brain that remembers emergency. <laughs> no. The impression was, you know. Strike Force with fucking Shat with Robert Stack. McLean's Law. That's Robert Stack, man. We, we, we just Ma saw I know. Uh, yeah, I'm going yeah. through all these 80s forgotten cop shows. Hollywood yeah. Beat with fucking, uh, with Matuzak. Oh, I remember, yeah, I remember him being in a show. <laughs> the Last Precinct, 1986. Oh, w w was that, uh, was that, um, Dennis Franz? Um, no. No, okay, I thought maybe, because he, he had the- Stephen Cannell, the brain behind Rockford Files and 21 Jump Street. Oh, what's Had some... a cushy post-Super Bowl spot to promote his latest creation. The action producer tried his hand at comedy, casting TV legend Adam West and recent Ghostbuster Ernie Hudson. Wow. For the Police Academy-ish comedy. I knew Ernie, Ernie Hudson was in The Crow. He was no in The shit. Crow. Yeah. I, I, fuck, yeah, I, I knew I knew him from And somewhere. Ghostbusters. I, I didn't recognize him from Ghostbusters. How, how bad is that? Because I like The Crow. I saw it a couple weeks ago. Fuck, but I, I'm going to have to figure out what I, the show is during the break. <laughs> the Crow was... Uh, it's aged relatively well, I think. If you see it now, it's like, this is aged okay. You know? Very mid-90s. Very early mid-90s. It, its aesthetic was very... That was a very arty kind of kind of arty movie when it came out you know and it had a certain atmosphere it was trying to create you know it was like yeah. kind of a bit of a tim burton kind of thing going on you know it was a dark because that's a graphic novel right the, the crow isn't it a yeah it was a comic book this fucking book. sad yeah. guy his girlfriend got killed and he wrote the the crow and that got adapted into a movie so it's a true story it's based on it's actually well i mean I mean, he I mean, didn't. His girlfriend did get killed, though, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah just by a drunk driver. Like uh, it wasn't the same situation. She yeah. just got died in a car accident. Yep. And then he had the whole like she was gang raped by fucking. Yeah. And the comic book is all '80s. Like the crow in the comic book looks like fucking. Uh, he has a mullet. He kind of looks like a blonde <laughs> sting. Um, that was a look. Yeah. I had that. <laughs> and everybody's got all poofy ass hair and shit. Look at my hair now, dude. I haven't had a haircut in four. Four it months, pretty people. good. Four months. I, I, think I did it, notice the shag in the back. I yeah. noticed you were getting a little shaggy. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Which you know. <laughs> well, you want to ease into a break here, or yeah, you want to yeah, keep let's going? Do that. Let's yeah. ease into a break. I have gray back hair. <laughs> Ain't nothing wrong with that. You got a wise back. You know. All right. Let's go we'll, to a break. 
We'll see you guys on the other side here. At Blue Cross Blue Shield, we've been protecting millions of people for over 75 years. It's what gives us the experience and understanding to help you find a plan that fits where you are today and where you'll be tomorrow. Get spring break styles for the entire family, tees and tanks for just $5, and thousands of other amazing styles all on sale. Run to Old Navy. There are moments that define who we are, what we stand for, and where we're going. Made with pride, crafted with passion. Jeep Cherokee, find love again, right on the Gulf Coast. Beau Rivage, a feeling like no other. To succeed in our ever-changing, busy world, you've got to create your own brilliant website. Wix makes it simple. Create your website today. It's easy and it's free. Every time you raise a Pacifico, let it be a reminder to live life anchors up. Imagine waking up to the enticing aroma of bacon, sausage, fluffy eggs, and a whiff of delectable hash browns. Stop imagining. Get to McDonald's for the deluxe breakfast platter because nobody has ever woken up to the fresh smell of cereal. Okay. Hello, Larry. Hello, Larry. We're starting here. We're going to lean into, uh, we're doing romantic comedies again, but we're going into Crocious's time here. I'm doing a 1980s one to make him feel at home here. God. I, I couldn't, I think I hated these back then too, because I was just like, this isn't a realistic portrayal. The true emotions aren't captured. But at that point, like, you <laughs> hadn't even experienced a realistic portrayal. Well, you know, well, I certainly knew my anxieties. There's no doubt about it. You know, I, got a young Dempsey. You know. Was he unknown at this point? Yeah, I never knew of him. But look at him; he's like my age. Yeah, a man. That name is a, a rings. They afford. They could afford. We're gonna get a copyright strike, by the way. Um, they got this part of the song, and then I think they they continue it at the end. But they got like, just just a chunk of it. That's they it. probably could afford fifty seconds. I don't yeah, think like twenty seconds. I don't think they seconds, got the yeah. whole song. Wow. And I wonder if at this point they were needing to pay Michael Jackson money. Because Jacko bought the fucking <laughs> song the catalog in at the, some uh, point. I think it was the early 90s. What a, yeah. what a decision what that was. What an asshole. And, he, I know. and Paul McCartney's the one who told him, like, there's a lot of money in song rights. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he's cutting grass. Yeah, I don't think... Uh, McCartney was very happy about that. See, this looks a little my he they're the clothes they're wearing right now doesn't strike me as very eighties. Like I would wear that. Oh no, oh no, 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 no. This this is an eighties look. Absolutely. Like she has the eighties look and her friends. They're the ones with the primed hair. That hat and the glasses <laughs> and his hair, but like as far as that shirt and jeans, like that's not they might be a little bell bottomed. Those high waisted fucking I I yeah, I would have been like I gotta admit it. These women would have turned. Wearing me a T-Mobile shirt. If I was, if I was eighteen, if I was eighteen, I'd be Jesus, all over it. These three, I would have noticed them. I would have noticed them absolutely. I, I would have been like, this. Is How would you dumb. have tried to approach girls like that? Let's do it right now. It just never. It just didn't happen. You wouldn't even have been I, like, I, I'm I, gonna I, try I, it. I, you know, not at all. I, I, you know, I try to do it through humor, but then they don't take you seriously. So because right. they don't like that because they, right. they want, or they yeah. like it and they're just like oh Adam's the funny friend yeah yeah it's not he's not but he's not doesn't perk their nipples up exactly he, <clears throat> there's not enough bad boy in that they they need to have an edge they want that edge that they can Why sense more it's more attractive to them you know that's one thing that detaches me from romantic comedies is the mom who's like. <laughs> 
why can't you be more mature? Like <laughs> just spelling it our out. Our parents were very much like, you guys are kids. You don't know what the fuck you're doing. <laughs> like you need to back the fuck off. You're not adults. I don't care if you're 18 and the law says it. You don't know shit about shit. You, you, you mean the parents are that you mean your parents are that way? Yeah. Like how, she, felt- how she was loose of like, you need to, you're a senior. You're an adult now. You need to fucking get <laughs> like my parents were not like that. Like they were very much like. You do not know what's best for you. Like, I don't give a fuck if you're legally allowed to do shit. I like that. That's the style of parenting that I think is the appropriate style of parenting. I I, I agree with that tactic more so. Now, they would you let know? us do stuff. I mean, yeah. I still did drugs with my dad regularly. Yeah, but, yeah, that's probably not good. But it was more... Yeah, I, the, the, I, those I are to, warped boundaries. I had to sneak around it more. Well, yeah. <laughs> my dad was a friend. <laughs> He was a friendly man. I tried hard to have a father, but still, yeah. you're more Gen X than me, my friend. I would do. I mean, my, my I would have looked at her. Ass my freshman and been like, focus. Whoa. My freshman focus teacher. Yeah, but that's the high waisted pant that has nothing yeah. to do with the ass. Oh, no, because the high waisted pant makes the waist. It, it makes you think the waist is higher. So when you see the bubbly like part of yeah. her butt, it makes it. I don't know. To me, it makes it seem makes the ass more juicy. Yeah, I mean this look. The high-waisted yeah. jeans. Yeah. Hot, hate... You don't like the high-waisted jeans? No. Neither do I. That's two Thank 80s. you. There's Thank girls you. that do that now. Thank you. That's coming back. I, I, I appreciate it. Coming back in my neighborhood, it's just like, why are you wearing your It's not some ironic goof. This is the most unflattering well, look. Gross. It's some, Ed Grimley-like. Some people got to pack that belly in those jeans. God, bro. it's just, I, I, I don't, it bothers me. And, and, and I, you know something, I respect a lot of the younger generation. There's a certain awareness they have that they're pretty, they're pretty hip in certain ways. I respect no. that. That I don't respect. I will say the one thing that where I will agree <laughs> with I, you, because sometimes I think you sometimes go overboard with, with how like, <laughs> you guys love the 80s with <laughs> pants i will give that to you of like bell bottoms and the high-waisted pants and even those like very short short type Uh, of things that's all coming back yeah but as far as these loud ass colors and shit yeah even now like some people do wear that but even people are like what the fuck are you doing yeah yeah exactly good like it's not fully back and music is definitely we're back in the 80s we're like everything even the rock and roll is it's all fucking electronic and it's it just looking looking back on this time and thinking that that was interesting or thinking it was and getting i don't know like how that is the creative muse i I, you know i did the same thing that would never be allowed to happen how he's staring at the fucking oh yeah because he's he's just leering at them right now absolutely they would be like, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah, no, wait, Malachi that, coming over here? <laughs> I think it is. It is. It is. <laughs> there we go. This motherfucker is friends with Malachi. Oh, they filmed this in Arizona. Absolutely. Yeah. Man. This is in Tucson. This is a cheap shoot. Dude, they use the fucking Wisconsin Badgers football logo for their high school. Oh, they do? They're the Badgers. <laughs> yeah, this is... Uh, yeah, this is like what, teen. Five years? I bet she doesn't even know your name. Dude, you we're going to kill all the adults in this town <laughs> soon anyway, man. <laughs> we're going to tune them up. <laughs> no. Look at the badger on his shirt. Let's see if they too. see it. No, that's actually it's the Wildcats. Oh, no. What's the movie where they use the badgers? I think in Back to the Future they use the Wisconsin badger. I don't know. Right. Let's see if I can look that up. I remember. But yeah, this is... This is also still part of like the teen... The shitty teen movie. The teen sex movie. Look at that movie. hair. 
you know? Those huge-ass football pads and, like, the see-through football jersey. Absolutely. That Lucas shit. Yeah, absolutely. Do you yeah, remember yeah. Lucas? I, I, I was going to go on my second Lucas date ever. My second date ever was with Stacey Negelstead. We saw the money pit. <laughs> it was a totally unsatisfying date, you know? <laughs> oh, man, she, yeah, what a, uh, crazy. Let's see. Bucky Badger. Look at he's like the dude with the hot bod. <laughs> Showing a little skin, man. There you go. This is Dempsey, man. Holy yeah. shit. Look at him with his little art hair, his little art thing. His, his cap. See, aside from the cap, I'm all for what he's wearing right now. The jeans are a little acid washy. Yeah. If I'm being honest. Yep. They're carrying a lot of books. Yep, absolutely. It has to be in a click. No. Also, that idea of like the clicks. Oh yeah, those weren't around when I went to high school. It wasn't They're, as defined. Well, yeah, people kind of just had different. You know, some some metalheads were accepted amongst everybody, but there were yeah. definitely more preppy people, and there were the auto shop people, which also probably included your metal nerds. Yeah, yeah, and your true like, crossover. Yeah. yeah, and then there was like the athletic people yeah and the hot girls and they fucking but like everyone kind of they didn't cordon off and you couldn't if you sat down they do that thing where you sit at their table and they're like hey what are you doing <laughs> dude what, 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 like, is like that is so <laughs> fictional and not real exactly because it wasn't that way back then either and you know i even I mean? get annoyed now like there's movies with where they try and do like a group of friends where there's one Asian and there's one black person and there's one gay person and there's one yeah. androgynous they're, they're person. The and then, yeah. Where here's how it is. There's the Asian group. There's the white group. There's the gays. There's all, but then they all interact with each other. Yeah. At certain points. Yeah. There's, if you go, yeah. if you go to school with six other gay people, you're probably going to be really tight with them. Yeah. But you're not going to, okay, we have to split off and be one of several cliques now. We have to, we have to diversify the school. Well, yeah, this, these are ham-headed they have scripts. These are the, ham-headed scripts. The gay they, person draft of like, no, we, the jocks get the gay. Look at this cat. Oh yeah. Who? Is that the, oh, that's a boyfriend. Is he the, oh, there you go. Ooh, he's a creep. You see, like, see they, they tried oh, to do the creep motif was back then too. You know, I thought she was your little sister. <laughs> I mean, they had this as a theme. Absolutely. You know, so the creep was talked about back then, too. It was just everything was well, very ham handed. Listen, also, I got to make a point, Keith. Everything was ham handed. So you had to have your definite groups because they had to parse out the story that way because they didn't trust the audience yeah. to be able to put it together. You know what I mean? I had to be, you know what I'm saying? That'd be very Here's definite. where things have changed, though, is yes, I, I, the, the, I, better, the idea of. Like the creepy guy is no long like back then, even like the fucking Revenge of the Nerd scene where the nerd fucking rapes that chick in the fucking ball pit where he fucking they blindfold her and she thinks another guy is having sex with her, but it's yeah, the nerd. Yeah, like yeah. in the eighties you were supposed to cheer for that. Oh like, yeah, yeah. Oh, the nerd's getting laid, but now everyone is just like, No, he's raping her. <laughs> like that is R A P E rape. Yeah. Uh, and then she's like all satisfied yeah. by it. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, I remember watching that movie on uh, uh, VHS. I like Revenge of the Nerds. And then even it's that, dated, like I mean. that's creepy. But in the eighties, that was like it's creepy, but it's funny. Well, no, like, no, 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 eh. no, 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 no. It was ham-handed. They were trying to make a statement, like, "Hey, man, we don't like creeps." Also, but they they were still doing creepy things because there were while probably, trying to be anti-creep. Because there were probably also creepy guys that watched this and were like, "Hell yeah." Yeah, <laughs> she is fucking. Ugh, look at all these young, and I'm sure my father was one of them. Yeah, but I, my dad was not. My dad was what in his 30s when this movie came out, so yeah. he wasn't. It wouldn't be as creepy. But yeah, th this is, this is. A, I was 18 when this movie came out, but I didn't go. To, they weren't. Cool was your hair that gelled up and producty, or you didn't put product? I put in your a hair? little bit of mousse in. Were you more like Dempsey? No, I, I had long. I, I had a fucking mullet. <laughs> I had a mullet, you know, that's what I had. I wasn't cool. Were you like, you know, you were, so I'm still not really that cool. You know? When my sister cut hair and that's look at young Seth Green. Jesus, he's a fucking embryo. So my sister, he's an embryo for crying so out loud. So my sister cut There's hair. Pete Holmes, you know, my sister cut hair for a little yeah, bit. And she said, she goes, people will come in and they'll, they won't say they want a mullet, but they'll describe what they want. And it's totally a mullet. So were you wanting a mullet or oh, were you more like, no, I want it more longer in the back? Because no, she said she was like, people will come in and they don't think they're describing a mullet. But yeah. then they're just like, you know, a little shorter on top and yeah. keep keep the length in the back. And she's just like, oh, you want a mullet? <laughs> Man. Yeah, I uh, I had a mullet. After my my, uh, my junior year picture in high school, I had a mullet. You know any yeah. rat tail people? I had a rat tail for a brief time. There you go. I mean, it wasn't braided. It was just a tail that kind of went the down further. The rat tail with the little scraggly mustache? I, I, didn't, I didn't know. I never had facial. I couldn't do the facial. I got acne too bad. So Dry skin. Were you as want? Oh, look at the poker night. Was a poker night a thing in the eighties? No. Well, I, I remember doing a po actually. I remember in nineteen eighty five. That was a transition of friends for you. Did you transition friends? I had different friends um, in, the, in the ninth and tenth grade from eleventh and twelfth. No, I had a transition no, no, no. of friends, which well, is you know. I more had a. It's weird because I kind of had a divorce friend too. So like, check this out. So yeah, of course you have a story like that. So <laughs> I went to elementary school in Sherville, Indiana, first yeah. through fifth grade. Yeah. And I had my own little friend circle there. I actually was a bully in elementary school because the popular kids were bullies and I wanted to be friends with them. They had this thing called the mafia, the mob, where to be a part of the mob crow, you had to get pinched for three straight minutes, like hard, only your fingernail, like to where they're almost ripping skin off. Like that's such old school yeah. fucking like Chicago. You got to toughen Looking up. Looking back on it. Us. The mob lacked diversity. It was a yeah. lot of young white yeah, kids. Yeah, of course. It was white tough. We lacked diversity. Yeah. And we just would bully kids. I've told you the story of the kid that wouldn't come to school because we would call him gay and shit. And like this video would. Oh, man. Yeah. So that was during that era. It's so funny because you're such like not that type I'm of such guy. such a nice guy. <laughs> you're just, it's like not your thing. But, well, that was but part I can of, also see like, you know, you might do something like that. That was part of what made that me realize. That was hip hair though. in the late 80s. That guy right there. With the left, and and he has the uh, he has the Indiana Jones jacket. He just did the ketchup thing. That that was hip hair. Oh, oh she my got that god! Line. Well, she stole you the jacket from dress. her dad. Well, it's her dad's. It's her mom's ooh, jacket. Ooh, she stole oh, it from her oh, mom, who's she, banging that smarmy guy. Oh yeah. So it's, this is ruined. this leads into the story because this is why old boy has to buy her the jacket because she's tr she goes to replace the jacket and it's like fucking it's exactly a thousand dollars and he has a thousand dollars for Patrick Dempsey yeah because he wants to buy a telescope but instead 
he buys her the jacket and says, pretend to date me and I'll buy you this jacket. And that's the plot to the movie. She makes him popular. Oh, God. Can't buy me love. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. This is what bums me out when I see this. Because when I think of you being a kid. You can stick your penis in this hole. No, no, if you, <laughs> <laughs> you have a lot of fun. You know, no, but it. it the mall was the culture like yeah youth culture was in a mall that was and that 90s. is over no nine that when is, i was a kid the mall was very much a but, thing but, but it's over now oh well because it's, it's an now. unsustainable thing isn't that crazy that i mean and that part of like youth culture it's is almost gone. logical though like with the way commerce is yes. it's almost a waste of fucking building space yeah yeah people need goddamn apartments you don't need these malls yeah build God, some goddamn houses well, well they, they, I mean, those buildings, I can tell you from my experience in construction, if we want to get serious here, uh, to convert a mall into housing is a very, it's just not, it was not designed. It's doable. It was just not designed. It's often they're on big lots of land that are not economically feasible. You have to build something very large, like 1,400 units, yeah. you know, like something huge. So then, Crow, fifth grade, my apartment burned down. Nothing and nothing of our okay, shit so burned. Friend divorce, friend but divorce, smoke. Yeah. We got, we had to move smoke damage. Yep. We moved back to sock village and that is when I became super best friends with my current best friend, Wesley. Okay. Now I'd always known him because he was associated with my mom. My mom had this best friend Yeah. and I knew them through all of them. Yeah. So occasionally I would run into the, you'd run into the Bauer boys. Yeah. But in sixth grade, I started going to school with them. And at first, I started hanging out with Troy Bauer, yeah. the middle one. And then through Troy, I became super close with Wesley. Yeah. Okay. And that, but then in eighth grade, in ninth grade. So who was the friend divorce? Are we getting there? This is, okay. we're getting there. Okay. Yeah. So then like, we didn't have a falling out, but yeah. like, so in eighth grade, we were fucking. <laughs> Nerd gossip of In eighth grade great. during summer vacation, right before we were about to go into high school. Yeah. Fucking Wesley moved to share moved to indiana uh, he, we like flip-flopped he uh, moved where i used to live uh, and he w- we were going to different high schools but we were still like every weekend he'd come out and hang yeah and then his mom caught him blackout drunk at my house uh, and we didn't see each other for like a year like wow. she wouldn't let him come over oh uh, yeah so yeah. in that time i had to build new friends and that's yep. when i started hanging out with like car people yeah and then here's where we would get around it i started hanging out with this other wesley <laughs> wesley monk we called him chunk <laughs> he's married to my best friend's step sister now uh so i started he he was a part of the car group yeah. like of my my auto yeah. body and fender class yeah so i would see wesley through him a little bit but that's when I was like, yeah. I have to develop my own little group here. Yep. And then during the 2000, whatever World Cup that fucking, uh, that Zenedine Zidane headbutted that dude. I think it was the 04 World Cup. Uh, I started being able to come over to Wesley's house again. That was my junior year of high school. So I think like all of sophomore yeah. year and a little bit of junior year, there was like no Wesley in my life. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I but I I had to. I was like forced to develop new friends at yeah. certain points. Yep. No, I mean, I, well, I think when again when I moved in the eighth grade, when I because I was I I had I had a crew of friends when I was in the fifth, sixth, seventh grade of, of neighborhood kids that I was friends with, and I had to totally do new friends, and it was just like that was. I remember that that was an adjustment. You know, that was a uh, it was an emotional strain. Look how she cools him up real quick. I'm holding your hand in public. I mowed two hundred and eighty six miles for you. 
Okay, one lunch. There are five days in a school week. All right, Donald, two lunches. Three lunches. Uh, and the pep rally on Friday. A negotiation. Okay, deal. Now, just remember, this is our sworn secret for life or longer. You promise. Yeah. yeah this is... Anyway, how bad could it be, right? It's only for one week. No, no, it's one month. One month. So obviously they're already setting the tension of her trying to like get away from him, you know? Well, no, what they're setting up is like... He actually falls for her? Well, yeah, but he actually becomes like popular. Like he and and he becomes like a complete asshole when he starts like alienating his Malachi. He starts Malachiing fucking Malachi. For like you're a fucking ginger freak, and I'm just realizing it now. Yeah, it was funny. The, the people I first befriended when I went to Wisconsin, I and, and then I just sort of we drifted apart. You know, I, when I got into high school, did I, you get a couple of like, oh, I'm with some cooler people? Well, it was just I don't know people. I, I felt like I kind of related to better, or or just uh, um, like being goofy. Had a sense of humor. I found two other people who have mullets as well. <laughs> so, you know what it was? This is the truth. Uh, they were pretty square. They're good people. Look, she ripped his sleeves off of his shirt. I'd be fucking furious, dude. But, but, but I, 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 uh, I started a party my junior year in high school. That's what it was. That was the change. Look, at he gets stonewalled. They freak out. This never happened, too. How they immediately notice that he's in the wrong hallway. Watch. There's like a ruckus. There's like a ruckus. What up, Holmes? And so he's, it's, it's segregated? <laughs> it's the cool hallway. The, you know, oh, yeah, honestly, that I don't really recall. Well, dude, because in my high school, it was cordoned off by grade. Like, yeah. freshmen had a certain wing. Like, your locker was in a certain area. And yeah. even, like, class-wise, like, they kept kind of, like, you didn't really see upperclassmen that much. You know what they did in my junior high school, which I thought was an interesting idea? It was a brand new junior high school when I moved to Wisconsin. And they had they had all the science kids. So it was the seventh, eighth, and ninth graders. There was like a science pod. There was a math pod. There was a English pod, and there was a uh, whatever. I mean, human. I don't know what it was. Technical skills, you know, typing and sh you know, early shop stuff. They had like four different pods. They had, they had like a language one too. Uh, so that, that's what they would do with us. So seventh, eighth, and ninth graders would be all in the pod together, but in different classrooms. But that was sort of like, oh, this is where that part of education is going to be taught. You know, you were going to learn some basic yeah. mathematical skills here in this area. So you become familiarized with that. You know, it was a way of disciplining the students. It was very dramatic. Keith. In my middle school, very there was, dramatic. In my middle school, there was a whole fucking wing. Like sixth grade, there was a sixth grade wing. Yeah, no, yeah, exactly. Like, I, I, I haven't. It's, it's like they so were long. like, "This is an important developmental stage. Yeah, you can't yeah. have. You're not ready to mingle with the seventh graders." Yeah, yet. yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Look, be, he's already being a little uh, bit of an asshole. I can remember. Uh, yeah, man, I, I remember. Uh, I remember the race issue happening in my in my junior high school in Virginia. By the sixth or seventh grade, the race thing started to happen. Man, people started to like the, the racial tension started to occur. You know, just I'm I remember fights going on. Billy Kuykendall fighting Ooh, Roland what Jackson. Name. What an unfortunate last name. Yeah, Billy Kuykendall and Roland Jackson. What what were the races, Keith? Who who was black and who was white, Keith? Well, and I, not only was he white, but I'm assuming Jewish. Well, well, no, he he was. Uh, he was one of the kids who hit puberty early and also failed a couple grades. So he was a little dumb. Yeah, he, he was 15 and in the seventh grade. The water-headed boy. You know, uh, but he was also like a, he died. 
He died when I was in the seventh grade. No yeah, yeah. shit. He died. Yeah, he had a I'll, grabber. No, no, no. Here's what happened. He's 15 years old. He and this guy Stacy Bell, who was a year older than him, uh, both stole. They stole a jeep for kicks and got drunk on like slow gin, and they fucking got into a car accident. Slow gin. And, and, and he got jettisoned out, and then got <laughs> rolled and died. He was 15 Whoa. years old. Yeah. What the fuck is slow gin? Oh, it, it's like a really cheap alcohol. It's like a cheap shitty alcohol. And he was he was 15 years old. And he, got, he got loaded with this guy, and they got into a car accident. And he got jettisoned out of the jeep. You know, they didn't have a didn't have a, a roof. You know, it was just boom and went out and died. Right now they're taking they're taking them to the fucking hospital. And that was right like now. that was like the first kid. Who was the first kid in high? Did someone die in your high school? Tony Arias. Yeah, my best friend. One of my not best, but one of my good buddies, Chris Arias. His brother died of heroin. Ooh, when we were as a when, when we were I was in middle school and he he was in high school. He was my Ooh. sister's age. He was like my sister's friend. Ooh. And I remember. Wesley, my best friend, his older brother called me on the phone and told me, and I was, that was just like, I wasn't close enough to him to like cry. I felt more bad for Chris. Yeah. Which he kind of denied it for a while. Like I remember he used to get mad when like we used to want him to be sad about it and he would just be like, no, like. Yeah, he would almost balk when you'd be like, oh, sorry about your brother. He would just be like, oh no, like it's fine. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, But Tony was like, you didn't, it was shocking, but you didn't you saw it coming. He was like, he did acid all the time when we were younger and he knew how to like, he knew weird shit. Like if you scrape the fucking peel of a, of an orange and cook it in the oven, you could trip. Oh like, my God. Man, and he yeah, would, you are getting your jailhouse high on. And that, he would man. spray pieces of paper with raid and fucking take it. Oh my God. And like drink cough syrup and just was oh. like a drug kid. Ooh, he must have got what, what was his what was his family life like? And I, I guess mean. he fucking came home and just like he he was roommates with one of our other friends. And I guess he just came home, was like, I'm going in my room to listen to some music and did heroin and, and, died. and died. Yeah. Like just in his bedroom. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, I, I and that was the first non old person I ever knew that died. Yeah. Yep. And I knew a kid in elementary school that had to leave school because his parents were abusing him. He had to go to like a foster care. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. No, I know. I'm trying to think like that, that was the first exposure I had to. It was in junior high school with Billy Kike and Dolph. But then it happened in high school too. There was a guy I was friends with. I wasn't a good friend of his, but he's a good guy. guy, Tom. So this is his first. He offered to buy him pizza and they just fucking took it and they're going to bail. Like he thought they were going to be friends. But that's, this is like his intro of like. Getting in with the fucking cool kids. Yeah, We're gonna buy some za, dude. <laughs> this is, whatever happened to her? She's something. Who knows? Let's see. God, because Dempsey, Dempsey's a freaking star. He's a flat out star, you know. Hey, honey, how's that new microscope? Look at Seth playing. They're playing fucking Battleship. <laughs> yeah, I, that game prevailed even through the nineties. I, I like Battleship. Battleship. I like Battleship. Was fun. They had a good commercial. I'm playing it when I was older. <laughs> I will say though that's goof, where that's you know? where the bells and whistles you make fun of me for backfired because the commercial for Battleship was all fucking animated and shit and then you'd get the game and it was just like oh this is just fucking tic tacs yeah and shit. yeah yeah but they did come up with a version that had speakers on it where if so when they sank your ship you could hit a button and it would like <laughs> it would like make noises like you can have voices and you could like call out instead of saying like a seven you can hit a button and it would go a seven because yeah, it was I- like deluxe <laughs> battleship 
the version I had was you just had to say hit or miss. You know I like, had that version. Yeah, yeah, I mean, My I, family I, I, couldn't afford, we weren't a deluxe battleship family. <laughs> and I remember the big breakthrough was when they had the red light, you, and you actually drop a bomb and it would make an explosion, exploding sound. That was like a technological breakthrough. Like, oh yeah. my God, I got to get that version of that, that crude technology, you know? <laughs> Some simple game like that. All right, I'll play that. You know, like, oh. Amanda Peterson is her name. Oh, yeah. I mentioned, yeah, she's, uh, well, yeah, what's her story? <laughs> she's still doing auditions? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she's out there on the hustle. Oh, man. God. She what? was an Annie. <clears throat> she was a started out in Annie. She was in Silver Fucking Spoons. She oh. was in an episode of Silver Spoons. Yeah. Boone. She was in 13 episodes of Boone, which was a drama. Yeah. Okay. Let's see. So she no, was- she hasn't done anything since 94. She was in a lot of TV movies. Wow. This was her big thing. This was her attempt to sort of yep, to leap? I think so. Wow. She yeah. was in an episode of Doogie Howser. Wow. I hated Doogie Howser. Yeah, I never watched that. I, never, I couldn't I never, fucking yeah. stand it. You were like a straight up adult at that point. No, and I wasn't that old. But 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 it was I was like a late teen, early twenty. I was in college, dude. You know, you're thinking about then. You're thinking about girls and women. You know, girls. I'm thinking about girls and uh, and how I'm being rejected then too. No, but with uh, <laughs> I just I found so many of these movies of that era to be that dude was it that dude from the middle. He, he was in he was in like a rush. And he was also in a drugstore cowboy. He's one of the guys who beats up Matt Dillon in drugstore cowboy. Yeah. That dude in the middle right there. If you need, he a, had a little run. He when had you a need run. a deformed man, the guy that, yeah, with with the red hair and the yeah. yeah yeah that that guy was in a lot. The movie Rush with Jason Patrick. He had a little bit of a, a dramatic career. He's like, he, like the big gross buffoon. Like when they first introduce him, he fucking they're in home mech and he eats a, also and he eats a raw egg and burps like, and that's like his big introduction. I'm sorry. The fact is, and I remember thinking this when I was that age, of like the guy. That guy's like literally eight years older than Dempsey. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like he's maybe ten years older. That's than why he's you that know? much bigger. So it's like, yeah, it, 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 that was never believable to me. Yeah, you know. Well, you perceived people as bigger because I remember when I was in second grade, the fifth graders looked like adults. Oh, oh I remember. Yeah, absolutely. And then I got to fifth grade, and I felt like I was the same size as I was in second grade. Yeah. Like I was just like, wait, I thought I was supposed to be like a giant. Oh, I know. College kids were like, they were like adults to me. Yeah. They were like, you know, they was like, oh my God, they're just, they're grown men, you know, and grown women. <laughs> but they weren't. They're not at all. They were like 22, you know, yeah. 21, you know, and just being goofy. Oh, getting some Doritos. Oh, there you go. Got oh. some little product placement. Oh, look at those MGD cans. Those were like <laughs> when beer cans f- stopped being pull, pull off. Yeah. When yeah. did the pull tab go away? Uh, that went away like in the mid 80s. It was a mid 80s, early 80s. Did that throw tab. you off? Like, uh, that, oh, you keep the tab yeah, on. Holy shit. Yeah, you just goes, oh, okay, that works. It was a different thing. You didn't My just... grandpa used to cut his fucking lip. He, he would yeah. take the tab off and then he would drink it and he uh. would always cut his lip. Yeah, because you know you don't take it, you leave it on. Yeah, because yeah. you didn't know. Well, it was like this a is the way filter. it's always supposed to it be. It almost pours weird when you take the tab off. Oh, like exactly. The tab yeah. created a little bit of physics to it. Absolutely. No, it, it, that was a technological breakthrough. Because what you used to do with beer, you'd pull. I, I have memories of my father opening up a beer, taking it, and then putting it back in the beer, and he would drink, and he, he would keep the the tab in the beer, because because that was his way of like not littering. Because you used to when you go to parks back in the day, you would just see those pull off tabs. But it was like crack vials in, in West Side Chicago. It was like you'd see hundreds of them in a park, you know, because it would. But it would that, so that was a breakthrough. It also helped with littering. So it was actually like a, like a socially conscious, good, you know, 
Yeah. <laughs> Where consumerism wasn't always totally wrong. It was, the, it was the, the bright side of consumerism, you know? So, also, I want to continue does she do this. A, does, he, does he do work for her and stuff? Does um, she make a, is it, is I don't it? think this is a part of... This might be a part of it because I think this has to do with him being like a nuisance. He might have done something. But you can also tell like he's he's coming into his own and becoming a more attractive man. Oh, yeah. You know well, I mean? no, and they're actually like starting to bond. Anything you put your heart and your mind into. Could do anything you want. I believe that. You know something? I'm I like believe a young, that. I'm like Sean Penn meets well, Robert this De Niro. Movie, yeah. Well, this movie has... The biggest historical context this movie has is this is the creation of the slow clap. Oh, yeah, the yeah. The first slow clap is at the end of this movie. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Everyone kind of getting on board because he has this big moment of dialogue at the end. Yeah. God, God, this is so... Oh. It's so contrived, but I think, you know something? I bet you at this age... I'm glad it's not just my generation, though. Because when we were watching these movies, you were making it seem like the romant like these romantic comedies were all my fault. No, no, I mean, well, <laughs> no, they're, they're they're bad. Trust me, they're all bad for different reasons. I just find them so contrived and trying to be so cutesy and, and so palatable. Like, oh yes, this is a situation we're all going to relate to, aren't we? Oh, it's, it's such Ooh, a look. You had to take a shirt a, off for. Her. It's such a one dimensional analysis. She's noticing you know? that he's a fucking hunk. Oh, look at her eyes. Yeah. Yeah, ooh. <laughs> what, what, it's just turning into the Blue Lagoon? Look at him reading this fucking poem. See, it's his dramatic moment. Together is two. Oh, that's beautiful. Also, <laughs> nerds were not that buff. Like, if he, if we found out someone was that buff, like, you're, it's like, you are not a dork anymore. Yeah, yeah. You're a fucking Hawkeye. What are you doing? <laughs> Thank you for trusting me with these. God, I was so fucking unaware of so many well, things. Well, let's just keep it between us, okay? For life or longer. <laughs> Promise? That's another thing, too. She doesn't want people to know she's fucking, like, good at writing. Let's keep it between you and me. Well, they have to make it. That'll be her storyline, you see? She'll be going through that, and they'll help each other. This I, I can do the writer's room on this, like really thinking they were like, you know something? This is like the whole sales pitch process. Well, they probably you know, were just trying to capitalize on some trends, make a little bit of money, have have George Michael ads, fucking George Michael sunglass ads. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, that was definitely. Oh, she buys of them shades. This is like one of she. Oh, this is a breakthrough. Very cool. How much are they? Is this a montage beginning? Well, this beginning is where she's cool starting to... Yeah, she should look at the plastic. That there was probably go. a sign of the times. Dude. Of like, don't worry about it. I, I got a I'm about to ruin my mom's credit. I got a credit card in 1990. And you've and never missed a payment. I never have once, ever in my entire life, uh, in 30 years. And, and my uh, my stepfather was just like... I was 21. He's like, you have a, you have a credit card? Like that, just his sensibilities were just like it blew his mind. It's like, why would they give it to, to what to get you hooked on debt right away? That's what they want to do. That stuck in my burnt in my head. Never. I, I had to, here's here's what I did. To, to so you've never been in debt. Uh, I've well, no, no, I've had huge credit. I, I, I'm in <laughs> debt right now with my with my condo, my fucking mortgage. You know. But, oh really? You haven't you missed a couple mortgage payments? Oh no no no! I, I make all my payments. I just yeah. haven't paid it down. Oh, because you have a equity. you have a fucked up fucking mortgage. Well, right? I refinance it. It's doing better now. Like I've been able to because you out. had you basically had a mortgage where you were never paying it off, right? Yeah, but I, you had a good uh, monthly rate. I, I, I had a, I had a ten year. Uh, 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 f uh, what was it? it was fixed rate mortgage. No, no, it, it was a ten year locked in. God, what was that again? Interest only. It was an interest only ten year. I didn't pay. You only paid the interest. I only paid the interest. You know, 
Uh, and but when interest but got, you're never going to own your apartment well, either. Well, yeah. What, what what happened was is is it uh, it uh, the the rates got so low that my payment for a two bedroom in, in Chicago at one point, you know, what my housing payment was five hundred and twenty seven dollars a month. That what year it was? This was like 2012, 2013. Like it was. Oh, that's great. Dirt cheap. Is so, that when you didn't have a day job? Yeah, exactly. I was able to do my own. Was that business. part of your? Was that part of your decision to quit your day job? Absolutely. Of like, oh, dude, I'm paying do- nothing yes. in rent, and I'm still gonna be. Able, I'll, I'll still put money towards my retirement too. I'm not gonna ignore that one hundred percent. You know, I'd put a, a three or four hundred bucks a month towards retirement. So yeah, you know, uh, I was smart in that regard, but uh, it, it uh, yeah, that 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 was my uh, you know. My thought process, but this yeah, is so another, I don't, but I know what it means to be in debt. Yes, this I, is another bond moment. They go to the boneyard. This is actually cool. If like, if I was a girl and someone brought me here, I'd be like, "This is fucking sick." I might let you touch my tits, my teats. They did a corrosion study on it. A corrosion study on what is he? Woody Allen? Well, and she, well, she asked him like, "How do you know all this?" And he's basically like, eh, "I pester the fucking employees, and they tell me all these things." Because he's again, he's the nerdy guy who's getting the fucking yeah. Well, and I think that that's another thing that is that is weird for the times, but I don't think as weird as. He hangs out with grown-ups, and they're like, oh, you hang out with the junkyard people, and they tell you all their old grown-up stories. Yeah, yeah. That was, yeah, that was a thing. But to answer your question, Keith, I've almost gone below zero. Where I, not, not where I was totally, yeah, I was, yes, in 06, I, I had I had $1,400 to my name and an $1,100 mortgage payment, and I had no source of income coming in. Yeah. So I had to move away. I had to move to Wisconsin for that reason. Yeah. For, to, oh, to that's that. when I came and that's when I came into the yep, scene. Yep. And then I met you when you came back. I came back. Absolutely. You know, so it's been, it's been, tw- well, it was 12 years. I was in Chicago for 10 years after that, you know, and then finally made the leap out here. Yeah. You know, so. Uh, followed me, followed his boy. <laughs> doing that. But yeah, this is, I, I bet you. On I'm so- going to fast forward to when he starts being a total cock. I, I, I would probably. If I would have seen this, I would have really looked down on this. I would have thought this was really stupid. I, I know I would have. Very contrived, not realistic. For me, it had to capture the anxiety. <laughs> the anxiety that I felt. So you, you know? like the Breakfast Club. Oh, the Breakfast Club is much more down my yeah. path. Much more down my alley. You know, yeah. uh, Much more of an authentic. I, I feel like Who do one. you relate to? And it's not Judd Nelson. No, I can't. it's not him. Oh, it's probably Anthony Michael Hall. Maybe his character. Yeah. You know, probably, yeah, his. I see you as a Hall, as a more confident Anthony Michael yeah, Hall. Yeah, yeah, but, but, but in that. Dealing in that, with the same problems, though, everybody probably thought you were like, oh, Crocious is a book, like he gets the good grades. Yeah, well, I was, well, that, there was a disconnect because I wasn't a particularly good student. I wasn't. Uh, when I applied myself, I was a very good student, but I, I had many other things going on in my, in my, in my world and my thought process at that time. Like, namely a... Uh, Here he goes. He's officially an asshole. <laughs> Do you remember that? Did you remember these people? Is that a look of, of that time no, at all? No, it's not. So this is something that the movies tried to make popular. Yeah, of th- like, this is how cool people are dressing. And, and you, hanging out. And, and you were just like, no, we wear t-shirts and jeans. I mean, sometimes you wear... Maybe you, you had a little higher-end clothing. That, that was part of it, you know. But I was very anti that. I was very much like, no, it's materialistic, man. It's not good, you know. But th- I wish I would have more of a sense of fashion because I wouldn't be such a... <laughs> I did a little thinking Dork, too. Like I am now. No action. Oh, this is they they are about to break up. The month is over. Okay. And they're breaking up. Broke. 
bankrupt. Chapter 11? Oh, he's basically trying to say that like I spent all my money on you. I can't keep up with you. I'm not a bank. They love it. Would you stop it, please? They love it. Because he, he they they said like yeah, I don't, I don't, we have to break, break up and it has to be look good. Like the night before she was saying, like, you have to make it look real. Yeah. And she after he walked away, she felt like you see that, like, she doesn't want to do it. Yeah. And I think she was about to tell him, like, hey, let's not break up. And he's like fucking being a real dick, like really being over the top I about it. Called you either. I'm tired of you comparing me to Bobby. And in fact, I'm tired of you. Period. Poor Cindy. It's awful the way Ronnie annihilated oh, her. Oh, God. These are the bitchy song. catty girls. Now they're all turning on her. Character, uh, you know. I, I'm just trying to. You know, I, I would have found, found the woman on the right attractive. Not the woman oh, on the Oh, both left. of them are not bad looking. Yeah, but <laughs> but that, that hair on the left is, I don't know. It's Although I remember liking that hairstyle. Natalie Tesla was a, a, a woman in my, at the University of Wisconsin. Of the famous fucking family of the no. Coil? Yeah, was, was she, she a, was, a relative of the Coil? That was her name. She was, a, she was Jewish yeah, and she had nice yeah, hair. But it kind of looked a bit like that. Look you at know? him. Have her car. <laughs> <laughs> He's wearing a fucking bolo tie now it's and a, shit. Watch <laughs> blanket. That's strategy, my man. All right. <laughs> He's slicking back his hair. This is so cliche and bad. Seth Green's in his car. He farts. So the big running joke in this is this. I'm going to pause this to set this up. You see that gross guy, the gross jock? Yeah. In the middle? He, or no, the guy, the blonde the guy. Yeah. The far left. Yeah. His whole thing in this movie is at random points, he'll fart and just walk away. And there's three different scenes now. This might be the second one. The first one, Seth Green, you know that party that they were at? Yeah, yeah. Seth Green sneaks to the party and he sees him and he farts in his face in the window. <laughs> and this is the second time it happens. So Seth Green sneaks into the car to spy on this date God. and he fucking farts into the car window. Let me see if he does it. Complains that of me. <laughs> Look at Ronald. Dude. Look at fucking yeah, Dempsey. And now Malachi is so upset, dude. The dude on the left. The dude on the left had a total career. I just don't get it. You've seen I him before. For new fork. He's a drugstore so, cowboy. See, uh -oh. nerds. More people <laughs> than like nerds hung out at the arcade. Oh, here's oh, the yeah. fart. Here's the fart. <laughs> right there. Perfect. <laughs> Oh, he just ripped ass there. Yeah. <laughs> I think they cut the farts out. Yeah, exactly. I think the original the one had like an, Isn't that a sign of the times that they'll leave like fucking systematic racism in movies, but they're just like the farts are juvenile. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, they didn't see it, you know. I am. Yep. Well, what about Barbara? I thought she was your best friend. Well, she is. But I mean, you know, friends share their stuff with friends. You know I wonder. Okay, I'm thinking about my script right now. <laughs> like, is it going to be... This is so... Well, don't compare it to Can't Buy Me Love. <laughs> exactly. Don't make it worse, bro. Like, if your thing's good, it's good. Like, don't... <laughs> but I'm thinking... I can't help but look at this and think of it from a story structure point of view, you know, and like... And how it kind of unfolds. And you wonder, okay, do I have... Is mine so cliche? What I've written is so cliche. How does it stand out? How do you make it stand out? You know. Here we go. Seth Green's trying to tell him that. 
Oh yeah, so Seth Green's trying to tell the parents like something's wrong with fucking old boy. Because he's not a nerd, like he's he's a cool kid now. So right now he's trying he's going to the prom and he's trying to learn a dance, and he thought this was American bandstand, but it's some African dance. So he's gonna go to the prom and do this African dance. Isn't that kind of is that sort of racist? Well, check this out. So it shows it how it's supposed to show how fucking like robotic people are because it's this weird goofy dance but since he's cool fucking ronnie the whole gym starts doing it with him oh, oh and like the girl and old girl is sitting there like what the fuck is wrong it's when she finally realizes like oh being popular sucks yeah yeah god it's listen to the music did you like this shit prince and stuff like that i like prince absolutely of course but this one is this Look at this band. Who, who is this? Is this it's a fake-ass fucking... Uh, who is this? A cameo? <laughs> it's not a cameo. Is it Labar? no or, idea. I, mean, just, I should know this, man, but we got to see who this is. I don't is, know if it's... I, I can even find out. I, I'm sure that they were a somewhat named band. Had a little bit of a buzz. Very little. <laughs> and even less after this debacle. Look at, those, look at the nerds stumble in. Who's the black kid? I have no idea. Fade. Yeah, the fade was been that it was becoming something. Probably the one black kid that was in every ill. Is it Chris Rock? <laughs> Looks like Chris Rock. Kareem Harrison. <laughs> is that what it was with this glass? Is that, the know. original movie title of this movie was Boy Rents Girl. <laughs> yeah. The movie almost didn't get made because of prostitution. Meaning what? Meaning like... Uh, Swer Swerdlick sold his script to TriStar Pictures and met with the studio executive for a first notes meeting. I come into the first meeting and the six studio execs are sitting there. Swerdlick told an audience at the 2011 reunion screening and there's only one woman sitting there and she's like, well, I don't know why we bought this movie because it's almost like prostitution the way the, uh, they treat this girl. Uh, guess what? TriStar put it in turnaround, which developed... Uh, Involved the company dumping the script. Huh. Uh, it was shot as an indie film. Wow. Because uh, they dissolved the deal, so uh, Swirlick rewrote a motocross script for him. <laughs> Swirlick's agent sent Henshaw Boy Rents Girl as a writing sample, and he loved it so much. He so like one dude financed the fucking movie. <laughs> it, it, it probably made it. I mean, listen, this was a. This was not a, a horrible cast. I One mean, of the early drafts of the script featured some R-rated material. Yeah, I can believe that. Uh, Who is this band? This isn't. I'm the, trying to it's, find it's out. It's not the Jets. Remember the Jets? I found out, dude. Paul, I had a crush on you. That dance, that African dance, the African anteater ritual dance. Paula Abdul choreographed wow. it. Wow. Wow. 1990s music sensation Gerardo co-starred. Gerardo Mejia. Was in at I think so in this movie I think so he played shirtless Ricky oh no oh 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 yeah the guy in the that was Gerardo <laughs> they don't yeah say that's who Gerardo the band is. he's right there he's yeah that's Gerardo <laughs> holy shit that's fucking Gerardo oh my god he's wearing that black leather jacket it's fucking you'll see him he's right next to Dempsey this is so bad this is so bad. Oh, he must be in special ed. Oh, it's so bad. Look at right. Uh, uh, it's Gerardo. They show. I was like, 
Gerardo. Was it the, with the long blonde hair? No, no, he's 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 a he's a black he's Mexican. Guy? Oh, Mexican. See, he's to the right. He's, he's got the the studded. Uh, okay, I see it. Yeah, he, he's starting to do it now a little bit himself. He's one of the guys who gets it going. Because Gerardo probably could dance a little bit. Yeah, right there. That's Gerardo. Okay. That's fucking. Ger oh, he plays on the baseball wow. team. Wow, that's <laughs> fucking Gerardo, man. <laughs> Holy shit. That guy was his, the textbook definition of a one-hit wonder. Uh, he did Rico Suave. No shit. He did Rico, I think that's the guy who did Rico Suave. Oh, hey, Rico Suave. I, I, I think that's him. That's Gerardo. I think that's, that's Gerardo. Hilarious. I could, but you said Gerardo. Yeah, I think so. That's fucking mind-blowing. He also <laughs> starred in Colors. Gerardo was? Yeah. Uh, yeah, because he was, because they had a lot of like essay, like Ovato, you know, Latin gang guys essay, you know? See, they do it. He really had that mullet. Yeah, Rico. The song is just called Rico. R yeah. R R Rico Suave. You know it. I yeah. mean, it's. Oh, I know holy that fucking. Shit. I mean, this had a cast. They had Dempsey. They had Rico Suave. They had uh, oh, they had wait. these these uh, the couple other dudes from uh, from Rush and other movies. <laughs> from other there we go. Mad Malachi. Oh wait, shit. The this chick, the blonde lady, yeah. Amanda Peterson. Yeah. She's dead. She's dead. Yeah. How, well, how'd she die? So, post Can't Buy Me Love, Peterson acted in more films and TV spots, but none of them resonated to anything. In 1994, she resonated from acting and fell into drug and alcohol abuse. On July 3rd, 2015, just five days short of her 44th birthday, she died from an accidental morphine overdose. Oh. She was supposedly taking the drug to relieve pain from surgery. Oh. Yeah, I was going to say, wow. Wow. So, yeah, she just, it, it you know... You know, think about it. You know, you're you're a kid, and, and you're you know you're your ego isn't developed enough, man. You haven't had enough experience. Yeah, you know. Some and I think can, everyone who was in these hits probably thought like, "Oh, the I'm only going to be in hits now for the rest of." Yeah, I, even though this was probably a, mo I'm sure it made enough money. It was a moderate hit. It's a it's a known movie. I think of that era, like that idea terrible. of my big break. I think that lasted into the '90s. Yeah, yeah. You know, we're like, there really isn't a big break anymore. <laughs> I'm trying to figure out this prom band. Yeah, yeah. That, I, I want to say El Debarge. <laughs> That's probably not it, man. I, I, I mean, I'm, I'm it just, might just be some random ass yeah, fucking yeah. Just studio musicians. Like, hey, we're going to throw you in here and make a couple hundred bucks, you know? Hmm. Man. It doesn't say. Band at dance. Huh. Interesting. Fuck. No, it doesn't have it. It doesn't have it. She was like a Kelly LeBrock knockoff, man. I would have thought she was pretty, like back then, in 87. No. Uh, you know, probably, I don't know. I, I liked a more maternal woman when it really comes down to it. That's the truth. You know what? It's probably just whoever sang that song that was playing during prom. It's probably just that band. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. She gets fucking takes down her boobs. Really? Mm-hmm. I'm 38, Ronnie. <laughs> I know, literally. She's like 25 <laughs> years old yeah. and doing this role. Like, totally trying to get her foot in the door. Oh, man. So, Crow, I feel like I'd be remiss if I didn't also mention, because we were going to get into this Heaven's Gate thing. Yes. I watched this have. Heaven's Gate documentary. Yes, that's fine. We can get, we can get off this. But, but this has been good. I've, been, I've enjoyed oh, yeah, this. Oh, no, yeah, no. I'm, I'm yeah. still fine. Like, we're in a, a, a wave where we don't really have to fucking cool. see cool. anything. But, I, yeah, with Heaven's Gate called totally interesting. I remember that time. Totally, yeah. <clears throat> I was, it was 97 when the Hale-Bopp comet came around. So we were like in the fifth around. grade? 
fifth grade exactly yeah, yeah. and i was in the play because i joined choir in fourth grade so i could be in the school play in fifth grade and i remember the night of the play you could see hail bop in the sky like it was a fixed image yeah. in the sky it, it and they had a telescope outside of my school that just anyone can walk up to and look in the telescope and see hail bop wasn't it bizarre that it was in the sky for like a month and a half? Yeah. And, and here's it, it what looked, I didn't. It looked phony. It didn't look real when I first saw it. But go ahead. man. Here's what I didn't realize about fucking uh, Heaven's Gate. I thought the cult started because of the comet. I didn't know that no. they were this thing that had that like had, had been, been around. They for a had while. been this known thing. And then because even watching this documentary, I was like. Oh, when this comet came around, they that were probably they were probably like that was the sign. Oh my God, this is what we've been looking for yeah, this whole time. Absolutely, absolutely. They said there was a spaceship in the tail of the comet. Right? Well, the spaceship was something that they said always when they first created the cult, T and Doe or whatever the fuck their names were. They told their followers like, "We're gonna, it's a light's gonna come down and it's a spaceship. It's gonna be a physical spaceship." So this whole spaceship coming to Earth, that's been the root of their yeah. cult. Yeah. And then I just think the coincidence of the fucking comet gave him the opportunity to be like, this is the spaceship. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought that, you know, what they were saying is that the spaceship was actually in the tail of yeah, that comet. Yeah, it was. That's like, what they were like hiding in it. Like, yeah. And they were going to basically be their souls were going to go into that spaceship and be taken away, you know, which is like. Wow. And the I mean, shoes they were wearing, the Nikes, yes. they don't sell them anymore. They had to get, they got like discontinued. Oh, man. Yeah. Well, there's, there's some bad press around that. They haven't gotten rid of Kool-Aid, though. Kool-Aid is still around. But the thing I always feel with the Heaven's Gate cult, because I think the Heaven's Gate cult is as fascinating as any cult that's been out there. And poor Heaven's oh, Gate so this cult. this is a big thing. It, it, it's like the Oklahoma City bombing. You know, people don't talk about it because of September 11th, you know? Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, the Heaven's Gate cult, because of Jim Jones, people won't talk about it, you know, because it's not as big. But Heaven's Gate cult was fucking weird. So it, it, there was a weird narrative in that one, man. So ahead. check this out. So oh, old boy Ronnie Miller yeah. is about to pull a prank on Malachi's family. So I guess every year the door, the fucking cool kids egg their house. Yeah. And fucking so Ronnie's about to participate in it. Uh, I remember that happening when, when I was in, in Wisconsin. House egging. Yes. The, there, like there, there was a house that people would go after. I never got TP'd or anything like that. Was it like the like. You know who it was? The dorks. Was it a dork? Uh, it, it was Morton Sylvia Cypress, who were Jewish. Oh. And, and, and he was like the Like Hasidic? They were fucking no, yarmulkes? They, they weren't Hasidic, but they were practicing. I mean, he was the he was the rabbi of a... I'm sure the congregation had about 50 Jews. And, and I think that they went after him. I, I do believe it. The anti-Semitism was kind of there, I think. And they were very, like, dorky people, too. They were very much kind of misfits. They didn't really fit into... That Jewish thing did not go over well in Wisconsin. I mean, it's very cloistered. Here we you know? go. They're all fucking. Would you put up on each flank? Can you sit out front door? No, I won't do it. I told you. Oh, that's a bag of shit. They're gonna throw shit at his house. Oh yeah, the classic thing. No. Yeah. I'll do it. Come on. So they bullied him into it. Yeah. I remember. I remember a, a Jim Vole. Interesting. I, I wasn't. Included in that, and that's a good thing. This guy Jim Vole, who I was kind of friends with, but who frankly could be kind of a dick in his own way. You know, he was smart, but he was he was kind of a Gerardo's egging the house too. Yeah, 
There he is. There he is. <laughs> Rico Suave. Suave. <laughs> that that was a number one song. Yeah. You know? I mean, that was. What, the, was that in the same era of "I'm Too Sexy"? As oh no, well? no. It, it was a couple years before. It's the same era as Vanilla Ice. Vanilla Ice and Gerardo to me are very much linked together in my mind. <laughs> they're very similar to me, although their character, their careers are very. I actually like Vanilla Ice now. I think he pokes fun at himself. Doesn't take himself too seriously. He's he's made something now, of himself. Now was Gerardo. One was hit he wonder. following a trend of like musicians becoming actors, or was that someone that was just like, oh, you're good looking, you could probably yeah, act. just give it, yeah, give it a shot. Like, oh. was there a, a, a previous history of like, oh yeah, this is the track. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, the, the path. Like, this to is doing the path. It. Yeah. Or no. was he kind of being like, oh, Gerardo's in a movie? Like, were people like, what the fuck? Well, they didn't know who he was. Gerardo was. So he saw this. that it was Ronald Miller. Yeah. This is. Can the we big... see that? Can we see that? Oh yeah. Hey, let's go back. Is that that's a moment? Must have been a hole in the net. We'll get him next year. Oh wait, that's I have to go to that. So he fucking he pulls open the net. Watch. Ronnie, let's go! Come on! When he knows it's him, and he lets him go. Yeah. They trapped him with a what is with that? the net. Well, they're the, the nerd family. They they're all about fucking. They know physics. They fucking can set traps. <laughs> He throws a bag of shit right at his door and it like explodes. Yeah. That that was a big thing people did. So this sets up the line though. The fucking <clears throat> You shut on my house. <laughs> That's what he says to him the next day in school. Wait, yeah, wait, you yeah. shut on my house. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Malachi Old Dennis Dugan, that guy directed Happy Gilmore. Yeah. Yeah, he was in. A, he he was directs in a, a lot of the fucking he was in Pippi Longstocking. He's the dad in Pippi Longstocking. She an, does porn now. Who, who Pippi did? Longstocking? Pippi Longstocking is coming into your world. Who was Pippi Longstocking? Was that? Was that uh... Well, there was a couple Pippi Longstockings, <laughs> but the one from the eighties is wow. now a pornographic. Yeah, this actress. dude. He was on a lot of. He was on a lot of TV shows in the in the seventies. A lot of TV shows in the seventies. Crazy. He's like more experienced kind of TV actor saying, "Okay, we'll do a movie." Of course, Pippi Longstocking is Swedish. <laughs> Movie came out and fucking well, there was a bunch of movies. There's a 1969 movie, but it's I remember Trevor Lawrence is driving the car here. Huh? I mean, it's Trevor Lawrence right yeah. there. Yeah, see, I thought that was Gerardo. No, that's not Gerardo. Gerardo's the uh, was Latin the Mexican guy. guy. Yeah, exactly. Mexican guy. This is who. Yeah, she's with him now, and Lucent. she's like, "You're a fucking loser." Two C's, three B's. The big my uncle was report Danny. card guy. Like if we got good grades, he'd give us like a dollar per A. Yeah. And then I remember if we got bad grades, we owed him money. Oh God, yeah, that's. But a tough he bargain. was like not yeah. like it was very yeah. fun. Yeah, yeah. So everybody yeah. doubts the whereabouts of my report card. That's real. Oh, because he failed the class, so he fucking he says he didn't get his report card. And I didn't. Hey, it's just broken. Yeah, I remember you know what my brother used to do See, it was the very beginnings of mimeograph like report cards. He would just he would doctor his grade up his report card and give it to my mom. That's what he would do if he got a bad grade. So yeah, nineteen eighty eight, the new adventures of Pippi Longstocking. What's her name? Let's see. He did that because he didn't like the pressure of it. He felt too much pressure. He never looked Tamara Aaron Clickman, known professionally as Tammy Aaron. Yeah. That's it, bro. She was porn. <laughs> In 2013, Aaron sold a sex tape to a pornographic company called Tammy Aaron, the sex tape, after she was unable to stop her boyfriend from Look re this. releasing it. Look at what she just did. That's to him. fun. There we oh, go. Oh, poured, he poured a milkshake on the car. Yeah, look at how he freaks out. 
So my car, my car doesn't go after her. Ooh, it's a reveal of like who. This is it's very ham-handed. Oh, look at this. They both have problems. Listen. I thought you had a date with Rock. Well, I figured I had enough turkey for one day. Oh. <gasps> Me too. You know something? This is a good movie on TV. Do, do oh, they, yeah? they, they, yeah. they, right. have they had a strained relationship and now it's getting yeah. better? Yeah, well, because they're both failures in romance. <laughs> so they're bonding. So they're going to watch Hallmark movies in the they're future and finger, finger oh, this blast is it. themselves? This is it, listen. Let me explain. It's been long enough. Will you talk to me, damn it? Why are you always psycho, but you ain't invited? He has to like play it up, you know. Hey, that was acting, man. You know what oh, I mean? Oh, so now he had to impromptu set up a party on New Year's. That's where he gets nuked, dude. What happens? She fucking outs the plan. She fucking outs him as a that I paid to make him popular. And oh yeah, yeah. Whoa. I think she does the hey. blowjob mouth thing. Hi. Long time no talk, huh? Yeah, I've been kind of busy. Yeah, well, that's popularity, you know. It's real time-consuming. Um, I was thinking that maybe sometime you and I could go to the airport. I could never do this. What, like Keith, locker talk? Maybe I have a totally rose-tinted view of myself. That's totally distorted. But I, I, I could never be an asshole like that. <laughs> oh, yeah, well, maybe neither I, could maybe I. I. Maybe I was, though, because I, I can be one now. I developed, I had to develop a bit of a, a toughness working at the city. I had to be able to have a spine if I worked at the city. You know what I mean? I'd, if you had a spine, you got a little more respect. Yeah. You know? and, and so it wasn't always refined. The negotiation process of the city is not refined. It's a lot of barking and kind of yelling, you know? So, and that, and that works, but I, I would swear and shit. Like I, I was like, this guy who swore on the phone. What the fuck are you talking about? You know, that that's bullshit. I, got, I was one of those guys. I oh, got, I, I got out of that mode though. They're having, they're about to have toilet sex. <sighs> yeah. I, I would have probably been like, cause this I was, is disgusting. I was, I was non sexed up. So I would have been like, quite are they going to show boobs? Do they boob it up? Uh, what's this is kind of creepy. What's she watching? She, 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 yeah, she, uh, yep. Iowa. <laughs> That's where I'm going to school. Well, this was what '85 was fucking '87. Who was was your boy coaching there? Oh, oh Hayden Fry, absolutely. No, no, uh, no, not Hayden Fry, but uh, fucking Bill uh, Alvarez. Uh, uh, or... uh, Alvarez in '87 went to uh, Notre Dame. He coached in '87, '88, and '89, and his claim to fame was was he good at Notre Dame? Well, they won the national championship in '88, and he was the defensive coordinator. So, so he was a good football coach. I, I knew a guy. When did he go to? When was he at Iowa? Uh, he was a coach at Iowa from '79 to uh, to '86. Okay, because because he, he actually coached high school and was a very successful high school coach in Iowa. And so Hayden Fry knew that was a good coach and plucked him. You know, look at those fucking Miller High Life cans. God. Yeah, just showing it off so ham-handedly. Like, don't you people drink? <laughs> Do you remember, like, going to house parties? Oh, yeah, it's just got the bad. I went to guy. a few house parties. Yeah. They weren't... You had to... Parents were home more than this. Look at Gerardo, dude. There he is. Tom, who's Iris's latest victim? Yeah. They Fuck yeah. With <laughs> so, Heaven's Gate Cult. I'm sorry, I took you off on a tangent. Heaven's Gate Cult. Oh no! I was just interested because it's it's one of the cultural things that we kind of both were alive for. Oh yeah, yeah. And I just remember your perspective. I remember the newspapers. Just I remember them the reporting of the shoes like sticking yeah. out of the blankets. Did you know the chemical castration dimension of it? No, yeah, they were. They that? were. I was even gonna when I was watching the documentary. I kept thinking like, weren't they eunuchs? Yeah, 
yeah. but like they didn't cut their shit off, but they were chemically castrated. Okay, right? Chemically castrated, exactly. What yeah. does that entail? I, I think that there's certain medications or things that just you can take liquefy that your shrivel genitals? up your nutsack. That shrivel up your testosterone. Because I know they 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 do it for rapists. Early on, they say like some they didn't like fuck at all. Because I remember that there's two people that leave. At some point, that lady T dies, and Doe lets everybody go see their families. And when two people leave, he says, "When we got off the plane, I hugged my wife." He goes, and that was the first time we touched each other in ten years. Because I guess in this cult, you weren't allowed to be intimate yeah, at all. Yeah. It was humanness. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. It, it, it was. Uh, well, what it was is the dude was a repressed homosexual. Oh, hundred percent. And he just could not deal with human sexuality, and he was raised in a very strict religious family, where I'm sure that was really a bad sin. So it was his warped sort of expression of that, you know, which is like, yeah, that real kind of asexuality and stuff, you know, is yeah, very much part of that. Yeah. That, also, Ohura's brother, the uh, Michelle Nichols' brother, was one of the members of the cult. Here we know? go. You! Even Bobby thinks we went out. Great, huh? Ha! All of you thought we were a couple. What a they, joke. Don't they still do this, though, like in the ones from 2001? Some of them, yeah. Arnold Miller! <laughs> it's my moment! Give me 1,000 bucks! To pretend I liked him. Dude, an 87 a grand? What a deal, huh? Yes. That, that, that was some cash. $1,000 to go out with him for a month. This guy. Whoa. Oh, God. Whoa. They are fucking going to leave him. <laughs> Immediately. I think That's it's Susanna Hoffs on the left, I think. One of the cheesiest parts to me is how quickly they're just like, oh, what a loser. He does the thing like this. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I've, I've, I've often done that, like, oh, God. I, as an old gag, I've done that. Like, you know, been like, oh, When you're shit. trying to not look at somebody? Yeah, yeah, yeah. On a first date gag. You know, like, oh, geez, I can't believe you revealed that, you know. A dance. A stupid dance. What a bunch of followers you guys are. Followers? Followers. <laughs> followers. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, that least, is Susanna Hoffs, I think. Look at her at acting. I got paid. <laughs> yeah, she Ooh. fucking, she ended up dying of, of morphine. That's the, the you know business, the business, baby, to me, man. I, I, I was I told you I watched the, the, the Bee Gees documentary, which I was totally in. It was, I was laughing a lot in it. I found it very humorous, you know, I found it extremely humorous. And, Look at how fucking huge that tie is. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah, we'll clear everything up tomorrow. <laughs> Everything is cool, really. <laughs> oh, excuse me, I'm sorry. They wouldn't just all turn on it like that, you know? Some of us no. would probably be like, okay, so you did that, you know? What, is there some integrity in this? Like, well, yeah, because, like, you've de you've truly developed a friendship with them at this point. Like, yeah. what is how, why does that change anything? He's still he's still. I could Ronnie totally Miller. see, like, a feminist in the 80s, but it makes sense. It's it's just prostitution, like, making that statement. Like, it was yeah. trying to have a voice in the room, you know? And, and you know, and I could see that people thinking that, you know, and... <laughs> Because he basically gets her affections by paying her. <laughs> it always comes back to Christmas. <sighs> it's New Year's. It's hey, New Year's. Yep. It's so and so. <laughs> they didn't recognize him, dude. He's lower than Malachi. They, they, they lost an opportunity there. They brought him lower than Malachi. They, 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 they lost an opportunity there. Oh look, they're doing his dance. Oh, remember that? Oh, it's a throwback to when I got everyone on my side. He's crying. This oh, is check this out. I'm, I hope I hit it. He fucking goes to sleep in his shed. He won't go sleep in his bed. Watch. This is so pathetic. 
I would never do this. He's so sad he can't go home. Oh, because the party's in his home? I think they told him that he would maybe, I don't know. So he'd feel dumb going in there and trying to go to bed or something? No, I think he just fucking told his parents that he wasn't going to be home. All, I don't know. Look at him. He's, he's weeping. He's bawling. He's weeping. It's <laughs> 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 so bad. You want to watch that again? It's, it's like... It's be, and you know that they looked at it as like a moment, like he had to get into a certain headspace to film this. Yeah, it's so ridiculous. multiple times too, multiple oh, times because he takes. he had to I, cry I, at the window. Yeah, absolutely, he's getting teary eyed. And there. then a week later, he probably he had cried to do in this. this shed. Okay, yeah, exactly. Like, your hair the same way. Where was I? Where was I emotionally when I was looking in that window? Exactly. I got to get to that same place. Like his process. <laughs> <laughs> Look at him! He's totally weeping! Look at <laughs> It's so pathetic! It's so pathetic. Go, <laughs> just go in your room and cry. Go weep in your bedroom. Oh, he tries again. It's he's, great. Now he's, he's, he's trying to George Costanza like nothing happened. Oh, you know, see the Bucky? Oh, yeah. I guess. They'll show it again. Tucson High. When they move, they'll show. Oh, it says Badgers, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, those watch, are Wisconsin. Watch them move, yeah. watch them move. Yep, it says Badgers. There it is. But, but, you know, that's Bucky symbol, 100%. I wonder if that's a, this symbol, if it's Bucky. In the middle, the symbol. Oh, it is. Absolutely. It's Bucky right there on it's the poster. The, it's, yeah, but it has a T as opposed to the W. Yeah. It's totally the Bucky one. So I'm sure someone from Wisconsin probably worked on this, you know? Seriously. Or maybe they were there. You know? Yeah. No. yeah. That, well, the, the Back to School was filmed in Madison. Back to School is totally That's filmed That's their claim to fame. Yeah. Well, it's, you know, and, and Rodney was there and like got, getting drunk, I guess, because Madison is a big party That's city. Like, so. Totally you know, it's still deemed the big party school. Madison is. Oh yeah, isn't that crazy? It's still, it's still it's a deemed a little bar town. Oh, I, I, I tell you what, I learned how to party well there. I, I'm proud of myself. Oh, that's the good fat joke. She walks up to him and she says this. That wouldn't bother me. Look at Gerardo. He cut his hair. Ooh. Gerardo got a haircut. That was a bad. Look at this. Here we go. Look at the product placement. They don't give a shit. Here we go. I love it. Didn't you take economics? You could head me for forty nine ninety five. Cause she's Man. ugly. Cause she's not as hot as old girl. Oh. So she's saying you could have had me for less money. Oh, so the <laughs> Cause I'm all gross. Get it? Because I'm all gross. Yeah, that's so. And like, I'm devaluing myself. But, but for but, you, but at least I'm bigger, better than you. Like, you know, at least I'm better than you. Yeah, right? like she's still a cool kid, but she's like, I'm cool, but I'm gross. It's the nerdmobile. <laughs> yeah. That right. car would be the biggest hipster car ever now. If you had that 100%. car, hundred percent, you would be the coolest person. If you old had girl that from car. six feet under drives a hearse. <laughs> Well, you know what I want to buy? I, I, I want to get my Plymouth Fury 3. You want the Knight Rider car? No, I want the Plymouth Fury 3 from, from the late 60s. If I get the money, uh, that's the car that I want. That'll be my symbol of that I'm succeeding. Is <laughs> buying the ultimate hipster car. He does the soliloquy. All I ever did was think about you. Dream about being part of your life. I like how he's drawing on the fucking. <laughs> is he drawing a heart? Yeah. And then I got that stupid idea. Is she in the shitter right now, or is he practicing he the speech? He thinks he is. He thinks she is. 
sure did, sicko pervert. I remember you from the dance. With your black dance. Oh, 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 oh. oh, She was hiding. Yep. So, but she she gets she gets taken a she gets she taken was doing again. that classic move where you can just stand on the toilet and, and they know you're and not people yeah. don't feel your presence yeah. at all. <laughs> and they don't look through the slats and see a shadow. Back yeah, back. <laughs> yeah, that was always a thing in a, in a horror movie too. That's where you escape to. No, <laughs> yeah, they'll be able to see you. No problem. It's hilarious. This Seth Green is he's getting younger. Look how tiny as the he movie is. Yeah. Goes on. He was like eleven and now he's like eight. It's hilarious. This is you. You think you shut me up? I didn't. Well, let me try again. Like, if you would do this to someone, you'd be like putting like you'd be arrested maybe or something. I don't know. Or something what if would you, happen. If you, know? you pumped a little kid's face with yeah, makeup, yeah, and then also like scored stuff on his face, wouldn't that that wouldn't be you know. I don't know. That wouldn't have been cool back then either. That w- These scenarios are so- Look at him. Okay. Oh. Is this the say anything you, moment? You demolished me New Year's Eve. <laughs> but see, I realized you did me a favor. You brought me back to reality. <laughs> reality, man. All I ever wanted to do He's was all on meth. to you. You brought me back to reality. <laughs> Started doing cocaine. Th- this is- It's also like- Contrived. Well, he, he's from New York, right? Is he, he's like a New York young actor. Let's see. Dempsey's from New York. He's got to be. He's like yeah. trying to, you know. He's like, the, he was. I mean, he was definitely putting his hat in the ring. There, you know, he was. You know what? Too people think that he was like this one-hit wonder. He had a steady career through a, the '90s. Yeah, he, he just did. didn't ever star in a movie. Yeah, until yeah. Grey's Anatomy. Yeah, that re-blew him up, and now he's like worth twenty-seven million dollars. Yeah. Well, yeah, he's got to be from New York, right? He's got to be. He's also a race car driver. No, he's from he's from Maine. He's from Lewiston, Maine. Oh, interesting. So he's, so he's a small town boy. Yeah, but he, you know, I'm just a small town seaport guy. <laughs> they like it though because he's got a personality. You know, it's this whole East Coast worship of New York. You know, they're going to put my name in lights, like Jersey Boys. Oh, hey, I'm acting. He grew up in the nearby towns of Turner and Buckfield, Maine. Hmm. Well, yeah, Lewiston is actually a larger town. I think it's where the university is at. I could be wrong. I could be wrong. Let's see. He might be a university kid. You know what I mean? Like his parents were like, smart. Yeah, it's the capital. It's the, oh, well, it's between the capital. Uh, yeah, Portland, I think, is the big city. But mm-hmm. Bang Bangor is a... I'm from Bangor, Maine. Bob Marley. Oh, that's fucking, like, fucking just pieces of ships become people and fucking... <laughs> they integrate together. Yeah. Just, ah, you know. Hey, that's what you know. Bye. The barnacles that fall off the ship become human in Bangor, Maine. And I've always said this. Here's you the know slow this. clap. The... the the toughest so, whites in the country are from the Northeast. So the nerd's helping one of the cool kids with homework, and he goes, he's pulling a Ronald Miller scam. So Gerardo thinks old boy's pulling a Ronald Miller. Gerardo, no. He's gonna, though. What if he caved his skull in with the yeah, back? Exactly, just went to his back, the small of his back, and just whacked it as hard as he could. Your pitching arm. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Well, don't make me laugh, lawn boy. <laughs> Baseball players weren't cool. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah, n- n- now comes the fucking moment, man. This is where Sean... The teacher stopped. The other teacher, no, let it happen. Yeah. <laughs> no. Let him kill this guy. They would be in, in a, immediately. Oh, now if someone does that, the fucking security guards would yeah. taser him. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. 
We were all friends then, remember? And now you want to end his life because he's talking to Patty on your Here side. Here we go. Cafeteria. You know, oh, we're man, all the stupid. same. I know, because that's where I wanted to be. He goes, man, it's on bullshit. But you can totally see, like, he's like a young Sean Penn see, I with a dash of, of De Niro. <laughs> but Kenneth, he's not trying to buy anybody. He's just trying to make friends. Being himself. Wow. Cools, nerds, your side, my side. Yeah. Man, it's all bullshit. Yeah, man, he's fucking right. Enough to be yourself. This is how I, this is how I, I probably sound when I talk now. But when I when I when I no. start, when I getting it when no. I get up in a soapbox, you know something when I talk politics, can't we just get along? Man, you know, it's bullshit. There you go. This is like his on the waterfront moment. He thinks he's doing fucking, <laughs> you know, Brando at the end. It was my opportunity to be something. You know. Here it comes. Yeah. Yep. I mean, what better way to end? This is a good end point for the show. Uh, you know, I do the slow clap when I would cheer for the A's when they would hit a home run in visiting stadiums. I would do the slow. This is my clap. Yeah. Do you know how fun that was to do that? To be it's an a good act? time. You then know? you get it going. You actually start it. Well, you no, actually no. get it going. I'm the only person doing it because the A's are are, hit, are leading, are beating your team. Just gloating in my cheer. I That's would do a that. good time. It's a good time. Wow, look, he's he's cutting lawns, man. Well, he's back to square one in his stupid fucking... He was wearing a different hat at the beginning. Now he's upgraded well, to cowboy hat. Because it's kind of gotten a little cooler, He's though. a rural cowboy now. You see, he's, he's, he's matured. They were already trying to work Brokeback Mountain in at this point. <laughs> yeah. 18 He probably went out for that. You can guarantee you Dempsey auditioned for Brokeback Mountain. <laughs> it had to happen. Like in, in, in 03? Oh, no, but they needed to have younger, young, hot, young, hot actors, you know. Oh, she's back to back to getting the, the money from the family. Hey, I just want to say... You're okay in my book. Last night. Yeah, me too. You know, hey, times Look at changed. those cars. Go. I gotta go. I think that's a Ford Mustang, a 1987 right. Ford Mustang. Which is actually a very powerful car. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's got, like, the best engine. It just looks the most like an actual car yeah. than any Mustang. Yep. And I think it was one of the first Mustangs that came with like a non-sports option. Yeah. Like it was just a yeah. regular car. Yeah. But still had a solid engine though. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's the thing with the Mustang. That engine, that old engine, that thing could go, man. I learned how to drive a stick on a souped out Mustang like that. Ooh. Good for the you. clutch, you had to almost lift your ass off the seat yeah, to hold it down. Yeah, the real, I, I remember like, learning stick shift was hard for me. I, I, I had a three-speed Ford Fairmont and I eventually mastered it. That, that felt like a big threshold for me. <laughs> Bro, we're about to hit the climax. So that you think they're back to square one. She's back with her friends. Yeah. He's riding home on the lawnmower all alone. Oh, what's, what's this? Ronald? What? Go for it, Donald! What's, what's, what's son up? Ronald, she's yelling, she's yelling his name. Hey! We're together again. I'm gonna vibrate myself off. I'm gonna vibrate myself off on a lawnmower. Oh, 
Well, no, they. This have, is preposterous. Well, Crow, I don't know if you don't if you forgot, but they still own twenty more seconds of this song. Oh. And what better time? Yeah, it's important. That's a must. Well, I, I remember this preview while watching Ferris Bueller's Day Off. This was a preview during Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Well, how did you? And Ferris Bueller's Day Off was was great. How, what were you? Uh, this is bad. This is yeah. this is bad. Good it, episode. Uh, oh, oh, the episode. I'm, 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 this I'm was a good episode. But I, I want to hear more about the Heaven's Gate cult, though. Let's look just a little bit more about that. I want to okay. hear your, your angle on that, just for a couple more minutes. I just, I kind of at the time, I just liked that it was a longer. I almost understand their reaction to that comment because my whole reasoning of thinking it was crazy was that like this cult developed around the comet yeah and watching the documentary like they're weird and shit but then you th you realize how long they were in this and how yeah. deep they were in with this ufo plan that yeah. you're just like oh well yeah then when this comet came along of course they thought it, it just seems it almost made sense to me yeah i'm just like oh well yeah of course they thought there was a ufo yeah. at the end of this comic yeah like yeah. what a fucking coincidence yeah yeah well i think that, that was the sign isn't that crazy that they yeah that they look that was the sign you know to, to let to let them know you know okay this is what we're gonna do H had he had like other like other theories about other keys other no. signs that were gonna like like put them over the edge to kill themselves but they all took videos of themselves too. yeah the night of, and they're and they're all like just that's the documentary of, starts with that yeah and they're all kind of like, i'm only like two episodes in it's four yeah, episodes yeah but i Ooh, remember, look at this i remember being into that look at this soaped up fucking <laughs> minx right here look at that phone what an 80s portable phone absolutely man. my grandma had one one of those in every fucking room if you would do that in your tub with one of those old phones you might electrocute yourself look at him look at zed <laughs> is that rip torn yeah <laughs> darling <laughs> but what did you tell colombo what did you he tell did Columbo? That's not Rip Torn. Yeah, it is. It is? Yep. Look, he's in the fucking thing. Rip Torn. Peter wow. Falk, Rip Torn. He, oh, he's putting Betsy that Palmer's Southern... Palmer's in this, too. He's, he's putting that Southern affect on. Look at Betsy Palmer getting some work. <laughs> putting her leg up, showing a little That's leg. That's not Betsy Palmer. <laughs> Betsy Palmer is the one who played Jason Voorhees' his mom. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. She's in this. She's clearly about to fucking glass herself God, with no that kidding, bottle. Man. Yeah. That's Betsy Palmer. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I think I, almost... I, I, I would love be this with caliber of actor. It's great. I respect this more than like great actors. I think you know. Yeah. Because these guys are actually good, though. They're actually decent actors. It's whatever. They just they didn't, you know. Yeah. Well, it's a fickle business. You want to you want to wind this bit yeah. down? You should wind it down. Yeah. You we'll know. Play the outro here. Absolutely, absolutely, man. Let me get it going. So exactly. Uh, yeah, it was a good one. I, what a better way to end with Rip Torn dancing to I gotta fucking admit, Betsy Palmer. Fucking him crying. I mean, him crying. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I mean, is it because I'm afraid of vulnerability? No. No, trust me. I've cried. Okay. We, we should have a segment on the show called I've Cried. We talk about I know, it all exactly. the time. I've cried. I know how to yeah. cry. I have, I have access to my vulnerability. I'll tell you where but you... But the way it's portrayed there was so goofy to me. <laughs> I'll tell you where you can cry, though. On You'll cry laughing at Crozius' Twitter, at Insecure oh, Comic. So. I am I at Keith Pazel. Yes. Uh, thank you guys for listening and watching. We'll see you next week. Absolutely. Absolutely.